rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Oh my God. Hello. Let's see. Do I have the, is my mic up? Okay, good. Thanks guys. You're amazing. Thank you for being you. And I'm always going to try to be me. I don't know. I don't know who else to be at this point. It's exhausting being me. You don't want to be me. It's exhausting. It could be worse. I know. Could be. I could be a trumpanzee. Ugh. Imagine being a trumpanzee. Having all, all of the mysteries of the universe, all of the people that had to, you know, that, that got together throughout history, all over the world, to form you in this time, in this place, right here, right now. All of that energy, all the struggle that was that your ancestors went through, all the pain, the tears, the, I'm sure there were some assholes in there too, the fight, the, uh, the survival. And just to become a Trumpanzee, that would be the worst thing to do with your human potential. That's why we say that Twitler is a waste of human DNA. It's so true. So, with that, we have an obligation to um, honor, I guess, our ancestors, normal people, who want to make the world a better place. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why we're human beings. We could be other creatures that have have high emotional intelligence but don't have the ability to let's say i don't know communicate as we do or write songs write poems write articles for rdt daily get in front of a microphone and talk about injustice and try to make the world a better place I think we have an obligation to that. Not every creature has a heart and a mind. But you can have a heart and a mind and still be a Trumpanzee. Then you have failed. Like, nobody fails worse than Twitler. He's a failure on every level. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And, and all of his useless, wasted DNA children. What have they ever brought to this planet? Nothing but pain, divisiveness, ugliness, selfishness. Yeah, I think we can do better than that. And we do. That's what they, they're afraid of. They're not in our league, you see. That's why they have to have, they have tantrums, like babies. You know, babies get very upset when you put them to bed. They want to stay up. They think they're missing all the fun. But they're not adults yet. 
They can't hang out with the adults. They can't, they can't grasp it. So you put them to sleep, you know, you say, okay, I'll see you in the morning. But that's like a Trump and Z in a way. They're having a tantrum because the world is evolving without them. They have every opportunity to join us on the right side of history, on the correct side of history. They can be a human being any time they feel like joining us. They have every opportunity. They have the same books. They have the same internet that we have. They have the ability to communicate. But they choose not to. They choose to... Who the hell knows? I, I couldn't believe what I was watching when I saw them... They had this MAGA on Memorial Day. Like, they give a shit Memorial Day. Like, they, they even paused for a second. You know, they all pretend to, to care about those who make the ultimate sacrifice for the, the thing that the Trumpanzees have, they have no ability to comprehend what it means to be an American. They think that means wearing an ugly red, white, and blue hoodie or something. You know, they can get away with wearing a hoodie because they're not black. Well, most of them. But, I mean, I'm sure there are, there are a few Trumpanzies that are of, uh, have darker pigment. They're, you know, the pets, the human shields. Of, uh, of the Trump Z's, but they're mostly white. We know. We see the pictures. You, I mean, really. What the hell is that noise? I, I thought I heard Francis crying. It's like a mother hearing her baby cry. Francis! What? Oh, it's like a baby outside. That's what's happening. I don't know what the hell is going on. But, yeah, um, listening to these or watching the Trump Z's, what do they, they don't understand what it means to be an American. Now, you're talking about on, on Memorial Day, celebrate or honoring. You're not celebrating death. I, the Republicans think that's what they're doing. I know Trump thinks he's celebrating death because he likes death. He likes the way doctors run into death, like soldiers run into bullets. That's what he says. He's a disgusting sociopath. He doesn't have a piece of his brain. He's, a, he's somebody who is um, developmentally disabled, and it's about time we all face this fact that he is incapable I'm sick of everyone playing along. We're not playing along. That's what we're here for. We're here to pull the covers on these mother effers. Or over that. Or, or, I mean, they got... We're here to expose them. So, they talk about... On Memorial Day, oh, they honor red, white, and blue. That's what they think. They like babies, you know, honoring colors. Look at all the colors I can make. They abs- have absolutely no idea what they stand for, what it means to be an American. You're talking about remembering those who made the ultimate sacrifice for this country. 
for democracy. That's what they sacrifice for, for the grand experiment in liberal democracy, for the ideals of the liberal age of enlightenment. That's what we're talking about, about people who died so we didn't have to live in a country of an intergenerational aristocracy and and, um, and, and a monarchy. So that's what they died for, for government of, by, and for the people. They made the ultimate sacrifice. And these filthy, dumb, moronic, anti-American Trump and Z's can't even make a sacrifice of putting on a mask for a fellow American. That's how anti-American they are. They hate this country. In order to be a patriot, and I stress again, you have to give a shit about your fellow Americans. That is the, that is the definition of patriotism. Fellow countrymen, if we will move heaven and earth when we're attacked on September 11th to save one more American life from whatever the hell they've said in front of Congress to sell their illegal war of corporate aggression, then you would think that we would move at least our effing fingers around our ears to put a goddamn mask on for these scum-sucking anti-American dupes. These are the dupes of the country, and it takes, it takes a village. Yeah, Hillary, you're right. We're in this together. But it doesn't, it takes a village of idiots to destroy a perfectly decent country. A perfectly decent idea. We're trying here to have something special. We're trying to make our founders not just a bunch of hypocrites. As we allow, as we bring more people into the franchise of democracy, that's when conservatives, they lose their minds. They can't handle it because they are unfit in many ways. Look at their standard bearer. Who the hell on earth would put a tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying con man as their leader? Someone with a fake university. Someone who's been court-ordered. Not, well, no, not just him. His, him and his useless spawns have been court-ordered to take a seminar on how not to steal from a veterans charity that they set up as a sham, which is for, uh, it was a slush fund for all of their nefarious little scams that they have going on. These are con artists. And I really feel bad for for the dultards and the dum dums who buy into it? Unfortunately, they're dragging us all down with them. And there's less of them. I have to remind everybody, we are in the majority. There's less of these idiots. That's why we have to take the moral high ground, because we goddamn earn it, and we own it. It's ours. 
take the moral high ground and leave these assholes in the dust. What have they ever done for this country? There is no conservative country that has ever goddamn done a goddamn thing for Earth. You show me one. Show me. And now I keep saying every week on the show how um, this is the only country where you're having assholes go out there and demand that we open up. I'm wrong. I was wrong. Now it's happening in, in uh, Brazil with Bolsonaro, one of Trump's friends. Another conservative freak. So we're really in company, in bad company. Bolsonaro, Putin, and Twitler. These are our friends. The three amigo assholes. So they're also having battles in Brazil about science and it's, it stems from the conservative government. You don't want a con- there is no I mean even the conservative government the the conservatives in other countries are not they're not they're like um they're like goddamn DLC Democrats you understand they're not fascist freaks off the charts like we have here you don't want a right-wing government. We, let's get some normal conservatives. Are there normal conservatives? There must be. So I don't know what, why. What, what's a conservative supposed to be? I don't know. I, when uh, I read history books, there are conservatives who, um, for example, Teddy Roosevelt, he was a conservative. And... But he was also a progressive. In fact, when uh, FDR, his nephew... Oh, here comes Tara Jr. Jr. Here he comes. He must have heard the music. (laughs) Sit down, brother. I know. Sit down. Sit down. Yeah. Um, When FDR, who ran... As a Democrat, FDR was, uh, he admired um, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, it was all, uh, it was his uncle. It was also Eleanor Roosevelt's uncle, too. So, you know, they were cousins. H- um, they were distant cousins, Eleanor and Franklin. But they were cousins all the same. And But they were also related to Teddy. And they admired Teddy Roosevelt. He uh, he admired Teddy Roosevelt as a mentor of sorts in his political career, and when he said to his uncle Teddy that he was going, you know, he's in politics, he's running, and but he didn't. He almost didn't want to tell him. He, he obviously had to tell him, but he he felt um, some trepidation in telling him that he was going to run as a Democrat, not as a Republican. He was. He's going to be a Democrat. And his uncle said, and Teddy Roosevelt said, as long as you are a progressive. Okay, what kind of Republican would ever say that today? He said, I, or something like that. I know you'll be a progressive or, or something in, along those lines. Because that was the most important. Because there used to be progressive Republicans. 
They used to be liberal Republicans. Now they are, they're not, they don't exist. Not in this Republican Party. Whatever they've done to this Republican Party is they've, it's now, it's Trump's party. Whoops, whoops, whoops. I'm dropping things. And good. I'm glad. I'm glad he destroyed it. He did us a favor. We could have been dragging this shit on for for years and generations without people seeing the light. They still refuse to see the light. Many people still refuse. We know that. I've been saying this for years. We've been talking about this. I was talking to Mike Malloy about this and Bob Kincaid. How the Republican Party is irredeemable. And how in every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism. It's the truth. You take right-wing Republicanism, you take it to its extreme, you will get Nazism. You'll get Hitler. Now we got Twitler, and we're hanging by a thread. And while I spent the weekend, well, yesterday, I took the day off. I was going to do a show yesterday. But I was kind of... I, I needed to do a show today. Because I wanted to see you guys. <laughs> Even though, you know... I mean, I know I'm very bright here. This, this, I gotta get a better light in here. Let me see. Maybe if I shut this light off. I wish I could make it lower somehow. Let's see. Light. I have... See, it's getting brighter. Hmm. I don't know. It's still bright. I need some better lighting. But it's probably better. I don't know. Maybe it makes it's better to be washed out. <laughs> right, Junior? What do you think? I hear you. <laughs> Listen to how cute he is. Are you cute? You're the best. I love you. Yes, you. <laughs> He's biting me. <laughs> He's such a He's such a good boy though. So, all right, relax. I have freaking paw prints on my legs from you. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I hate Republicans. What are you going to do? They suck. Um, I wish it was just that they sucked. They are destroying the country, and they're greedy. They represent the they represent the worst parts of the human condition. And actually, today I was talking to my shrink on the phone because, you know, social distancing and all that. And I was discussing how I spent the weekend. I was a little depressed, and what I should have done this morning is woke up and got up early and went out. I'm trying to do this. I have to do this for my mental health. I have to get up early and not because of the virus. I've been staying in a lot and I should get up early, super early and get on my bike and just take a bike ride and get some exercise. I have to do that to get my mental health. I haven't been exercising. I haven't been going out. It's not good. And I, I spent the day yesterday watching more documentaries on Hitler. <laughs> so I, the whole day, 
I watched all different Nazi documentaries. And, uh, you know, I'm very, I like, I, I don't like wasting my time, to tell you the truth. This is what it's about. I like learning. Even when I was, even sometimes I'll put the History Channel on when I'm sleeping. If I'm awake and I can't sleep and I'll put the History Channel on and I'll start dozing off. Because I feel like I'm learning even though I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, well, you know, uh, it doesn't make me hate the world when I, when I watch Nazi documentaries. Or it, it, I feel that everybody should understand what's going on and what happened. And, but I was, I was talking to him. I see such parallels in what's going on now. And I think we should be hyper sensitive. It's too bright now, you're saying? Maybe it needs... I don't know. It's just fucking bright. The whole thing is bright. I have to get, fix it somehow. I don't know how. It's the camera, too. I have no control over it. And also... It's also the reflection of the computer on my face. So, like, if I put a dark screen up, it gets a little better. See? And then when I go to a white screen, it gets blurry. Anyway, we'll have to deal with it. It's not the uh, top of the list, I guess, of technical problems. But we'll figure it all out together. And if you become a patron... Well, if you're a patron already, thank you. And thank you for your super chats. I also have to say, let's see. I'm sure. So. Uh, thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Jim, of course. And Greg, who is a patron. Did you get my message, Greg? You just made an incredible donation to Tarabuster, to the community and I want to thank you uh, if this was not a typo um, I sent you a message so do me a favor send me your address okay I don't have your address I only get your email when you're a patron I sent you a message on Patreon so I would like to you know send you one of these and I would like to send you, you know, a thank you gift. So, all right. Yes. And, yeah. All right. Hi, Shannon. Welcome. Welcome. We got a good crew hanging out tonight, as we always do. I'm really glad to see everyone. But I was, as I was saying, I was, I spent my, I don't know. I'm not the kind of person that's going to stick my head in the ground and 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 be like, I I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's a waste of time. Sometimes I like watching stupid shows, whatever. You know, I, it, they're kind of boring though. I want to. I like shows about history, about even shows that are narratives or fictional. Narr I like shows that have some historical context. I don't know, whatever. I also like shows about people overcoming incredible odds, you know, and never giving up. <laughs> like if they're on a mountain and they get 
they, they get stuck or something. You know what I mean? Or like the reverend, reverend, <laughs> I can't pronounce it. Yeah. That was basically him getting beat up for two hours. Or, um, you know, people who get in bad situations and they never give up. I like shows about that. Because I need the inspiration. Thank you, Mark. Nobody cares. Why am I talking like this? We Let's talk about what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. So the point is, I, I was watching these Nazi documentaries, and I was saying, I was telling my shrink um, that, yeah, I see a lot of historical parallels, and it gets me irritated that a lot of people they they want to pretend that it's uh it's out of bounds to say that uh twitler is is a is a filthy authoritarian fascist a wannabe dictator with well he's got dictator envy and uh he's and he's destroying the country he's doing what the nazis did by packing the courts, that Mitch McConnell is the gravedigger of American democracy as Christopher Browning, World War II historian, notes. Of course. Why wouldn't you... Uh, and then, uh, well, here's the thing I was saying, because we've talked about this before, Godwin's Law. I hate that Godwin. There is no Godwin's Law. It's bullshit. And to me, it is offensive because you're negating the the suffering of history all the people who or the lessons of history you're all the people who suffered and died and in, in that in the nazi regime under under fascist oppression oh we can't talk about that that's just too far out of bounds please we got fascists alive and marching in the streets of the of america the there are fascists there are people who survived concentration camps that are still alive the kids of uh the children of these nazis are still alive so what have we come this far no in fact we've backpedaled and that's why it's terrible to not learn history's lessons we need to be hyper goddamn hyper alert to anything that even whiffs, smells, has a goddamn lingering scent of fascism. That's how they have taken hold. You know what I mean? By our refusal to see the uh, lessons of history staring us right in the face, for Christ's sakes. No, I didn't get your message back, Greg. Hmm. Oh, good. But you, at least, all right, that's fine. If you're you're on the um, you're on Discord, so you can just direct message me with your address. All right. So, all right, not to get sidetracked on everything, and but here we are right now. This whole earth is um we are noticing a uh, a trend which is right-wingers are getting a foothold and democracy democracies are struggling all around the globe especially 
thanks to the United States. Yes, as Mark says, fascists are all around us, and they don't even realize it, too. You know, the, uh, you goddamn know that if this was in 1929 Germany, who would be um, wearing a brown shirt? That all those red hat wearing MAGA morons, they'd be the ones. They would be in uh, the German-American Bund. Well, if this was Germany, they would be the goddamn fascists. They would be in the, the Nazis. There's no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Make Germany great again. It's the same goddamn language. They all use the same tactics. They use the same lingo. Making Germany great. Make America great. America first. That was... America first was... It's not a coincidence that that lingo was used by the German-American Bund here in the United States. And it's been rehashed. It's also uh, Make America Great Again is a KKK slogan. How is this okay? And here's the other thing that pisses me off. And... Um, I talk about this a lot because I think it's necessary. The, as the liberal media, you're looking at the liberal media, guys. You know that. We have no liberal media. The liberal media doesn't, the so-called liberal media, the MSNBC liberal media, which I, again, watch today because I'm a masochist and like to hate watch MSNBC. I can't believe what I'm watching. They're part of the problem. The inanity of it. They don't point it out. Here, today, you know, this is what I was saying um, once before we were talking about this, how Twitter at the time, uh, now they're saying that Twitter has, because there's a big controversy, because we're going to talk about the, first of all, we're going to talk about the lady in Central Park. We'll talk about... Well, that in a minute. And, uh, but Twitter, speaking of, because they're saying Karen, you know, Karen is this, this overarching meme now for white women who want to see the manager. And it's really white privilege. It's, uh, and I'm glad it's being pointed out, frankly. It's about time. And anyway, but, so Mika Brzezinski, she doesn't even realize it. She wanted to see the manager about Twitter, uh, um, to, he, she wanted to see the Twitter manager because Twitter was, um, tw you know, just his lies on uh, about the coronavirus and he was sp spreading misinformation. And then he's retweeting, now he's retweeting stories about um, the woman who died in Joe Scarborough's office when he was a representative. And... Um, of course, the conspiracy theorists were saying that he murdered someone. It's all bullshit. This woman apparently fainted because she had a heart condition and hit her head and died. And, and that's what the autopsy says. But it doesn't matter to these fil filthy fascists. But having the conspiracy theory, the conspiracy theorists... All of um, these um, outlandish conspiracies about everything, they are, they're all over the right wing. And it is 
part of how a fascist government takes over a legitimately elected democratic government. They have to devalue government. They have to get the people to not trust the government. So don't look at reality. It's, oh, uh, it's so much easier to see this overarching cabal. And, of course, when they're, it, it's, oh, it feeds into um, many of the, f- the fear-based, uh, well, fear-based, fear, yeah, that's their base in general. Um, different conspiracy strains can be fed, and including the, uh, you know, the, the, the um you know the how the how Jews control the world or whatever it might be right so it all um is they get to they get not many bangs for their buck with sowing this kind of um these uh, these conspiracy theories anyway so Twitter. They wanted to see, so Mika wanted to see the manager, and tw- now Twitter is. They took I don't know did they take the tweet down? I think they might have. They because the man who is this woman's widow. Uh, he asked Twitter to take this down, and Donald Trump Jr. being a filthy, disgusting. Um, spawn of Satan who is also a demon and has no redeeming qualities in any sense and wants daddy to love him he retweeted these conspiracy theories and so the man who is the this woman's widow asked Twitter to take it down and uh, anyway during this during the reports on what's happening right with twitter they kept referring to donald trump's 80 million followers all right bullshit he has he does not have 80 million followers this is why the filthy the the filthy it's not a conspiracy the corporate media I was going to say conspiracy media, only because conspiracy was in my head. But they, once again, are playing into the sham. Twitter, Twitler does not have 80 million followers. First of all, when we talked about this a few months ago, he had 50 million followers. So he's got another 30 more million followers in a couple of months. Because he's bought them. He has fake followers. A large bulk of his followers are fake. He can't have... um, This is the reason why is Barack Obama has about 95 million followers. Let's see. Let me look on their accounts. And this is what gets me insane. Why... Why? What would it take for the corporate media to do what I'm doing? To go. Okay, here's Barack Obama. 117 million followers. Okay. 
That that is something that Twitler cannot abide. You understand? He's a thin-skinned little narcissist fraud who hates Obama because Obama is everything he can't be. He is a successful human being on his own merit. Uh, this, especially in this racist-ass country. Someone who's of mixed race rising to the highest executive office in the line despite this racist-ass country, in spite of Donald Trump, who had everything handed to him and fucking lost it six times over, that daddy had to swoop in, and he couldn't even sell, a, he couldn't even get your goddamn, uh, make a profit in a goddamn casino. That's what a shitty businessman he is, and he knows it. So, Twitler, he, he had only, I know, only a couple months ago, it was only 50 million followers, and then Obama had 90 million. So, let's go to Donald Trump's Twitter feed. It, it drives me insane. Why doesn't any corporate media mouthpiece what what's what 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 the hell would it take they have a staff that i'm just me i got fifty thousand things going on i can barely time find time to tweet myself so they have they have producers they have writers get somebody on it do some research instead of simply reporting on face value that twitler has now he's got 80 million fo- uh, oh, he tweeted to his 80 million followers that's fucking fake news no he doesn't have 80 million followers maybe if you don't want to report that twitler buys followers because how can you prove it the, all you got to do is look at the people who follow his account let's look let's look ourselves Okay, we're looking at, here is, you're seeing my screen. Here's my my clock up here, so I keep track of the time. That's the restream in the corner here. Let's see, I'll show you what I look at when I'm doing the show. This is the restream, so I can see the streams going out on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitch, on Facebook. Let's see. All of the streams are going well. When things go wrong, you'll see things going wrong. So, all right. That's a little bit how this is the show behind this. We're breaking down the fourth wall. But let's zoom in a little closer here. People who follow Donald Trump. Right? Right at the fucking top, right here. Uh, it's very suspicious. May 2020. Ali Ibrim. May 2020. Two followers. Mustafa. May 20. I mean, come on! All of these people joined on May in May 2020 to follow Donald Trump. These are fake accounts. There's a service you could buy followers. And he fucking does. Of course he does. This is a not this is not a real person. 
They go, there's many pictures all over the internet. You harvest anybody's picture. You put your picture on the internet, it is now public domain. So they go and there's bots, computers, that make these accounts. They harvest images. They make fake names. They put together random words to create a profile. Some of the bots are more sophisticated than others. They have different details. But it's fucking fake. It's not real. And I'm not saying all of them are fake. Look, May 2020. I'm, I'm only in the first six at the top here. Don't you think it would be real? Let me see my own followers. I only have 5,000. Well, this is a March 2020 person, Ophelia. I don't know this person. But they're definitely real people. Look, Anand Girahardes follows me. And I'm really, um, what do you call it? I'm really blown away. But this is all, these are real people. Real, real, real with avatars, little sayings about themselves. You see? Not Twitler. Let's go back to Twitler. Look, and there's me and Tara Jr. Jr. in my profile picture, laying in bed together, watching television. <laughs> Unbelievable. Let's go back to Donald Trump's followers. I don't understand, you see, why they don't do that. Why the corporate media doesn't, does not do the research. Look. Look at these fake-ass accounts. This might be a real account. Let's see. Translate bio. Records contemporary. I also wrote a note as curator. Uh, this is some, I don't know if this is Chinese. This looks like a real account. Join 2011. Okay, there's one. One of all of the top eight that we've been through. Zero followers. Join May 2020. This might be real. One might not be. Joined May 2020. This might be a more sophisticated one. Some of them are better. Some bots are better than others. This is probably real. Joined in 2011. But, you know, look, May 2020. All of these, the top April 2020. April 2020. Come on. You see what I'm doing here? They don't... What? Why wouldn't this be a story? Does Donald Trump buy Twitter followers? Is he that petty and stupid? Imagine if Barack Obama, as the president, bought followers. That would be a story. Who's paying for this? Is this being... Who, who and why? Why would you need to? Why does he care? Why? You know why he cares? 
Because he sees Barack Obama has a hundred million and he can't handle that. And you're not going to get to... How do you get to another 30 million in three months? A lot of people, they're not following him. Look, May 2020, another one. And it's and it, this is definitely one of these Russian bot accounts. That's the other thing. When you're online arguing with a... You could be arguing with someone, a right-winger. You could be arguing with a troll, a right-wing troll. And there are accounts. This It's a thing in Russia. It's part of their psyops against the United States. They're not stupid. They are dividing and conquering this country eagerly. We have, there's, there's been studies and, st- well, we've, we, not just studies, but stories on the corporate media. I think we watched one of these. Um, I, let me see if I can, f- if I still have it. Cause there was a story about in the 2016 campaign, how this, um, a lot of these pro Trump accounts were Russian were they all, they originated in Russia. The Russian psyops operations w- that were funded by uh, Russian intelligence, of course, it makes perfect sense. That's what they're doing. They see how easy it is to get in here and tickle the racist funny bones of the m- dum dums, and there they did a story, and this woman uh, who ran who. She was involved with one of these pro-Trump um, Facebook groups, and she. They said to her, "No, uh, you know, you do. Do you realize that this this group is funded by the Russian? I I don't know what is it called. It's not the KGB anymore." And she said, "No, it's uh, fake news. Fake news. Oh, here we let me see." I think I have it here. She may well be one of the unwitting Americans, Trump supporters who helped the Russian internet trolls infiltrate U.S. communities by spreading Russian-made messages without knowing it. But Florin Goldfarb, who still runs the Team Trump Broward Facebook page, thinks that's all BS, right down to the timing of when Robert Mueller decided to release his indictments. I think it's a cover-up, that's my opinion. They're what? covering up for their blunder on the, uh, on the uh, shooting that was done at the uh, high school. One group the Russians operated under yeah, was called Being sense. Patriotic, calling themselves an online community. They were actually Russian internet tro- Being Patriotic. You see what they're doing to us? Fucking divide and conquer. It's tearing us apart. They see the fissures of disunity. Of course, they're going in there and they're tickling the racist funny bones and supporting Trump because he is just as anti-American as the Russians are. Of course, he hates America as much as as Putin does. Putin hates um, the Western alliance. He hates Western democracy. And he is not one of like these... Like a Mitch McConnell who has to pretend. He's not pretending. He outright says it. Look at the chaos in democracy. We don't want our democracy there like we, like they have there. Look, at uh, you're better off with an autocrat like me. This is exactly what he says. 
They don't, they're overt. That's the difference between the fascists, at least in the fascists in different countries, and the, well, the fascists in Italy, in the parliament, or, or even Putin, at least they come out and say it. They admit it. Not here. The fascists here, they got to go along with the scam and pretend that they like democracy when they hate it. As you see, this is why Twitter doesn't want to, he doesn't want to do anything to help people vote by mail. And he's got all his dummies going out, oh, it's cheap by mail. No, you dumb bastard. It used to be one of the uh, top priorities of the, the filthy fascist Republicans, especially in Florida, given that the population is elderly, so they, would, they wanted them to vote. But they're Republican, you see. It all depends on who's voting. That's because they don't like democracy. Republicans are not going out there and saying, oh, okay, well, we're not winning elections legitimately on the field of ideas, so what do we do? How do we adjust our ideas or adjust our message? No, no, no. How do we stop people from voting? That's what they think. Because they hate democracy. And so do their followers. That's why they don't give a shit who cheats, who can't vote, who gets gerrymandered. They're all for it. They don't... As long as they win. Nothing is... Nothing was more clear to me than that when uh, we went through the 2000 campaign. And people I knew who were Republican. And Shannon will know, because she knows who I'm talking about, Wendy. She was all for what was going on, all for the Supreme Court stopping the vote count because she's Republican. And I remember saying, don't you think that, uh, you know, I, I said to her, I, I, I would be appalled if I won in this manner don't you aren't you even concerned about the damage this does to democracy no they want to win and it's not win of uh, uh they're not winning for us they're winning for the oligarchy for the rich they legitimately believe that some people are meant to rule and how do you know these people you know them because they are rich. The rich white landowners, just like in the, when uh, the founders rebelled, there was the conservative faction that wanted only rich white landowners to have any say in government. You know, this whole thing has been a, a progressive initiative. We have always had to overcome the conservative the conservative what's the word uh no i mean they're cons- the penchant to drag us back to uh the system that the founders escaped they like that system especially when we get more egalitarian when we actually have a more functioning democracy that works for all if that happens oh no no they can't handle it that's why you have to, I mean, 
that's why you got to keep going without them and they'll they'll come kicking and screaming and well honestly i and as i was saying this i was thinking this is why they have the corporate media they're not going to go quietly Yes, and Al Gore, Andrea on the chat, Al Gore acquiesce. That's another thing. The Democrats are too easily swayed. They too easily roll over. And uh, because we understand they're not, 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 you know, these uh, right-wing Democrats, these conservative Democrats are part of the problem. Therefore, uh, they're really, they really are the... They're like the sane Republicans now. They're not even sane. I mean, whatever. I'm I'm trying to be nice there, really. Are they? They're they're not. They're not the FDR, Democratic Party. That's for sure. I'm still asking every week. I ask every time we do a show. What? Tell me what what it means to be a Democrat. If you're a DLC Democrat, what does that mean? What do you stand for? They stand for. Now, a nicer kind of corporate state, one that's a little less, you know, that's a little less abusive. It's not, it's not racist overtly. It's not, um, it's nicer to people. It gives you a subsidy. It gives some people a subsidy. That's how they like it. They don't like true egalitarian democracy. That's why then when Bernie says things about, oh, well, in Scandinavian countries, you would think that a, a functioning democracy, people who are mature would say, oh, wow, that's working over there. And since we want a functioning democracy that works for all, let's adopt those ideas. Let's ensure that we have boards of directors in each company that include workers representations of the uh, of the working of those on the who are actually doing the labor you have to have those uh representatives on your board this is what they have in, in not just in scandinavia in germany it's a uh successful way for the working class to have a seat at the table but here it's proposed, and it sounds like the communist takeover uh, yeah, of uh, they've come to burn down the Reichstag, right? When it's nothing but democracy. You can't have a functioning democracy and a middle class that is less than 50% of the population. That's just the bottom line. So, all right. So anything less than doing the policy, than, than enacting or pro- and proposing and enacting and fighting for the policies that enable a functioning democracy is, 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 is not helpful. You're not helping. Like when, during the last show, we played that, that uh, challenger to AOC, and she's all I mean, she, talking about how AOC is not a Democrat. This is the new line of the DLC Democrats. Meanwhile, this woman hasn't been a Democrat. She's a new Democrat, of course, new literally and figuratively. She just recently joined the Democratic Party to challenge AOC, and she's 
full of shit. She's a she's a goddamn Republican using Republican talking points. But these fake ass DLC Democrats, their new battle battle cry, and Joe Biden uses it is. I'm a real Democrat. You're not a real Democrat. So when we propose the Democratic policies, FDR Democratic policies that built the middle class, that gave the American working class a seat at the table, that still keep millions of Americans out of poverty, they they charge us with not being real Democrats. Well, I turned that around. They're not Democrats. Shame on them. We're the real Democrats. If you're not for Medicare for all, you're not a real Democrat. I don't want to hear this, I just don't believe we can get there. I want a... uh, Fuck that shit. If you're not for Medicare for all, you're not a real Democrat. That's how we have to fight. Unapologetically on the right side of history. That's what we are. We're for democracy. We're for the United States. We're patriots on the right side of history and the right side of a winning Democratic Party. So, God damn it. Anyway, let's listen to the rest of this, or- this report. This lady who was, she has a conniption. I know, Junior. She's stupid. Pose according to the FBI, trying to direct unwitting Americans to holding rallies, posting Russian-made anti-Hillary Clinton messages, even telling them what to print on their homemade signs. According to the indictment, the Russians, under the online name Being Patriotic, Being Patriotic, supporters to stage a flash mob on August 20th, and the team Trump-powered group responded. Lauren Goldfarb posted the information for the Fort Lauderdale flash mob on the Facebook page she still runs. Co-chair of the team Trump Broward, Dolly Rump, was there, holding a crooked Hillary sign. Dolly Dolly Rump Rump wouldn't talk to CNN. Her husband told us by phone, we are disgusting and not to bother them. Florin Goldfarb told us, we are fake news, part of the cover-up. But what part of it in this is a cover-up? What, are you saying that's not true or what? Uh, The Russians, I don't care if they were... Uh, involved or not, that's that to me is the least important thing. But they were involved with you. Did you guys know that? They weren't involved with us. That's, you know, just make sure that you report it correctly. That you know. But you guys were involved with being patriotic, right? Very, very patriotic, but not being patriotic was the group that contacted and helped organize some of these activities that you posted on your own Facebook account. Th- those were legitimate. Those were Russians. They were not Russians. I don't go with the Russians. That Come on, group give me was a... Russian. Yes, you did. I have nothing to do with the Russians. The well, groups, apparently you the... did. No. Even though the indictment says the Russians organized the rally, Ms. Goldfarb says she never communicated with any Russians, and no one at any of her events were anything but Americans for Trump. The Russians, pretending to be Trump organizers, also reached out to Harry Miller in Boynton Beach, Florida paying him to build a cage large enough to hold an actress depicting Clinton in prison uniform. He did just that, appearing at rallies. On Friday, Miller, who now lives in Pennsylvania, tweeted, this is the cage the Russians paid for. By phone, he says he learned about his unwitting involvement from the FBI and now believes it was Russians who called him on the phone, paid him between $500 to $1,000 to build his cage. 
How could you be embarrassed? They had that beautiful website. They very supportive of the supportive of the candidate. Uh, there's there was nothing, nothing at all to lend you to think that it's anything other than people trying to support a candidate. The Russians weren't just recruiting unwitting Trump supporters. As CNN reported last October, a group calling itself Black Fist turned out to be Russians, trying to infiltrate black communities and seed social unrest. Other groups were encouraged by Russian internet trolls to hold protests against police, for and against immigrants, sometimes encouraging both at the same location to increase the possibility of violence. The indictment also reveals this post-election protest outside New York's Trump Tower was organized by Russians on Facebook. It grew so large, even CNN covered it. Michael White, one of the original Occupy Wall Street organizers, says he believes he was contacted by Russian trolls in May of 2016. He worries about the long-term effects. If it is true that a Russian-created activist group is indistinguishable from an American-created activist group, that will make, that will have negative impacts on our ability to create social movements that are positive, that actually benefit ourselves and not some sort of foreign power. So that People an, will always be wondering, well, is this, is this a real right. event? And I think that may have been part of the goal of the Russian thing. To Florin Goldfarb, the there is no Russian thing. It is all, as she repeatedly told us. BS. BS. And please, please report that. I don't believe that. That's bullshit. I know all the people that were with me, okay? They were at my meetings. So what? They're, They're idiots. Trump supporters, okay? Mm -hmm. But did you realize that you guys were in communication electronically with with Russians? Not me, not me, I don't you know. You were posting stuff on Hillary, the Facebook. Hillary Clinton was, and so was all her uh, bandits. Some of Mueller? the stuff that you, you were in charge of the Facebook account, right? You were posting and reposting almost word for word the information that was coming out of this <laughs> internet research agency no. in St. Petersburg. No. You don't believe that? Nope. It's bullshit. Thank you. You are fake news. And there you go. That's how they do it. Devaluing truth. And in order to have a functioning democracy, that you also need to have truth. You have to agree on truth. On reality. This has been happening for a long time. It didn't start with Twitter. But... They have exploited it, and don't tell me. We, we know. The FBI knows. They're here. The Russians are tickling racist funny bones and getting the dum-dums like that poor dumb old bitch to cheer for her own demise, to cheer for Twitler. It doesn't matter if all of the people that she knew at the rally were American. They were being incited. It's called being a useful idiot. All right, Junior is biting on the mouse, so he's got to take a break. Take a break, kid. Look at him now. <laughs> Look at him. Anyway, at least he's in the world, right? Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, we have many things. I saw that video this afternoon of that lady. I kind of felt bad for her in a way, cause, but not. I felt bad that her entire life came crumbling down. 
and then I remembered ab about the thousands, God knows how many African Americans whose lives have been affected negatively and have come crumbling down for no goddamn good reason at all, including uh, up to including death, uh, including the man who was choked to death again, another man being arrested for God knows what. Um, arrest shouldn't be a death sentence, but we'll get to that in a minute. So this woman in Central Park, it's so interesting, who uh, she's walking her dog. First of all, she's, she's choking her dog. <laughs> That's what I noticed Im immediately. This woman is choking her dog, but she immediately goes to, I'm calling the police and I'm going to tell them you're an African-American. And that is just so fucked up. What did she expect them to say? Yes, ma'am, we get you. We're right on it. Hold on, let's play this video. In case you missed it, this woman, Amy Cooper, who worked, she had a very nice job at Franklin Templeton Funds. She was earning around $170,000 a year, which is a pretty good salary, if you ask me. And she was walking her dog in Central Park in the Ramble, which she didn't have a... She didn't have a leash on the dog. A guy walked by. According to him, he asked her to please put a leash on your dog because she's in a part where um, the leashes are required. And he was there to watch birds. And the dog running around would scare the birds. So uh, we all have to get along and live on this planet and live in the city together. So there are some parameters to enjoying our public space. One of them is to be a decent person. Share your space. My dog needs exercise, she said. Okay, we'll take him to take him somewhere. The guy was like, you can run your dog over there. But here is where it says, put your dog on a leash. Anyway, the woman fucking went nuts. I'll play the video. Please stop. Sorry, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Please don't come close to me. Please please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. Isn't that fucked up? I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. He didn't threaten her life. He has to put a freaking leash on the dog, and then she's choking the dog. She's so upset. She's so, um, uh, her breath is, she's out of breath. She's shaking. So upset because this man said, please put a goddamn leash on your dog? I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. What does that have to do with anything? As if she was pulling her Trump card out. Maybe that would have worked 30 years ago. That would have been an automatic beatdown for the guy. If he was lucky. He might have ended up dead in another time. 
like Emmett Till, who a white woman said, he winked at me, right? And that, that was a death sentence. So into all that history without an, a, a hint of or even a, an ounce of self-awareness, this woman pulls out this, her, her white privilege card and it's so, honestly, it's shocking, too. Real, I, I don't know what it's like to be a black person living in this country, but I can only imagine the anxiety that even the man asked, just being asking this woman it, nicely, can you please put your dog on a leash? I'm trying to watch these fucking birds. And her to flip out and say, I'm calling the cops and I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. I guess she wanted him to be afraid. Living in this white-ass country, this racist-ass country, where, look, I'm a white lady. You're, I'm going to tell them, the cops, who have a history of prematurely um, executing black people without trial on the streets for no fucking good reason except for being black in America. I'm going to tell them there's a black man threatening me. Yeah, they th- he threatened. What did he threaten? Her privilege, I suppose, when he asked her to do something that was decent so they could share the same speech. space. Put a leash on your dog, please. And the dog is literally choking. She's so upset. She, she loves her dog so much. I, as an animal advocate i i watched this video and i was like she's also choking her dog the poor dog can't he's she's dragging him around he can't breathe she's dragging the dog by his neck apparently she lost her dog too the she got the dog from a rescue a cocker spaniel rescue they took the dog back but let's continue with the video. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Look at that dog, too. Excuse me? The poor dog is, like, unable to breathe. He's twisting in the wind. He's gasping, trying to get free. There's a man, an African-American. He has a bicycle helmet. Okay. And what the fuck is he doing? Watching birds while black. He's threatening me and my dog. What? He's threatening you with being a a human being? Try to be a fucking human. I'm sorry, lady. It's beyond belief. I mean, no, it's not beyond belief. I'm sorry. It's, it's unreal. And she lives in New York City. That's the other thing. It's a diverse city. You should know better, lady. But I guess when you're, I don't know, 
if you're that's the first thing you go to I'm calling the cops I'm gonna test the, the way she she said it to him too it's like he he was supposed to be afraid of that I'm gonna tell them there's an african-american man threatening my life okay Go right ahead. Tell them anything you want. I'm going to tell them that. Wait till they get you. It's insane. This is where we live. I know everybody's on edge because of this effing coronavirus, but all the lady had to do was say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see anybody else here. Boom. Put the goddamn leash on the dog. Good night. Enjoy the goddamn birds. Enjoy looking at the birds. But uh, breathless. Out of, uh, I mean, watching her fucking choke her dog, too, within an inch of his life about this. Why would you go there? There's no need for it either. But let's continue. He's recording me and the dog is yelping in pain because the fucking lady won't let him breathe. It's wild. He's recording me, threatening myself and my dog. It's gross. It's fucking crazy. I'm being threatened. The pain and anguish in her voice. He's not doing anything. He's standing there. How do you act? Like, if you're a black man in this country watching this fucking woman lose her shit, screaming. If you listen to that on 911 or something, you think somebody was attacking her. He's just standing there. It's crazy. I'm sorry. I can't talk right now. There's a ma- an African-American man being attacked. He's attacking me. When the dog... Somebody better get in there and rescue that goddamn dog. I'm being attacked. Threatening her? African-American man... How many times does she say African-American? I guess she thinks she's not being racist if she says African-American. She really wanted to say, you know, something else. Threatening my dog? There's nobody who is endangering your dog but you, lady. Wow. Thank you. Oh. <gasps> Holy shit. And then she puts the dog on a leash, and that's why he says thank you. But that he has to endure that, you know? As a human being in this country. God damn it. That we have to... I, I guess it's good to see that, though. And it is good, 
honestly it's like i guess in a way it's sort of like how i feel we we need to be hypersensitive to fascism in this country we need to be hypersensitive to that that's not okay she basically called a, um a hit squad in on a guy who asked her to put a leash on her dog He's just asking her to be a member of the community and follow the rules so they can all enjoy the same space. You know, you get to walk your dog. I get to look at birds. Right here it says, do not put your, do not take your dog off the leash. All, that's what it says. You're all dogs on leashes here. There are other areas in the park you can run your dogs. And to go to the fr- to the flip out, to call the fucking cops. Insanity. So anyway, she she got fired from her cushy job. The the lady. Let me see. I'm trying to find the goddamn article. Let me see. Her name is Anne. No, no. What was her name? All I could do is if I. Google Karen, it'll come up. <laughs> Poor Karen. Who was the first Karen, by the way? How did it was some lady who said that a a black kid assaulted her when he bumped into her with his with his backpack, right? It's so fucked up. It makes you embarrassed to be a white person. Honestly, I feel embarrassed sometimes thinking about where I live and it's it's like these right these Republicans it's there you go that woman she was pulling her privilege card she wanted the cops to be like wait a minute there's a black man assaulting you he's attacking you he's making you feel icky somehow where we'll be right there with our you know with some of our street justice for this guy those days are over. Maybe they're still alive and well in other places, but hopefully they're coming to a close where we can all live and coexist. But it's the privilege. You see, she went right for the privilege card. In any other time or place, she would have just said, I'm sorry, sir, and put the fucking leash on the dog, and that's it, and walk away. If she had walked away, she would have her job today. She just acted like a human instead of some entitled bitch. What was the purpose of that? And that's white privilege in a nutshell. How dare you ask me to put a leash on my dog? How dare you ask us to share the same space together? How dare I, you make me want to conform it says right there, it said, leashes on dogs. That's it. There are people walking around in the park looking at birds. There are many nice birds in the park. I love birds. I'm a member of the Wild Bird Fund. I love them. We, I love dogs too. But you can all, everybody can exist in the same space. But for her to immediately 
She was 100% in the wrong, and she knew it. And yet, she went right to the white privilege card. I'm calling the cops, and uh, that, I mean, just that whole statement. I'm calling the cops, and I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening me. She wanted him to be afraid. He's not supposed to question her. He didn't even question her. He said, ma'am, can you please put a leash on your dog? I'm watching birds. The birds are being scared by the dog. Running around here, right in this area. That's where we like to watch the birds. When there's a fucking dog running around, they, they, they hide. The birds don't like it. You can walk your dog where... It says, here, walk your goddamn dog. You can walk your dog anywhere, just not off a leash. There's, you know, people decided in the park, there's a whole community that got together. They were like, okay, here is where we're going to put the leashes on dogs. Here's where you can run your dogs. Here's where birds are. Here's where people can walk. Here's where you can ride your bikes. There's fucking little regulations in the park it ain't just a goddamn free-for-all that's the regulations are there so we can all enjoy the park you know don't uh, litter don't act like an asshole don't call the cops on somebody if they ask you to put a leash on your dog especially when you're in the wrong just do it you don't say, oh, there's an African-American man threatening me. Yeah, that is threatening, I guess, to your privilege, to your status as a white woman. How dare you? And that negates all people who are legitimately threatened. It makes us all look like assholes. What if somebody is really threatened one day? There is, then people say, oh, it's just another Karen. Maybe it's a real threat. Who the fuck knows? But everybody who abuses the system, and that's, that's what white privilege is. You make the rules of the system. It's not, don't worry about the rules. The rules conform to you. It's about getting your place. How dare this man questioned me. How dare he tell me to inconvenience myself by putting a leash on my dog? I'm enjoying my uh, uh, right here. Uh, this is me t town over here. How dare he come into my space and and ask me to be a member of the community? Uh, how dare he come at me as an equal member of this community? It's unfucking real. But it's very real. Well, I don't know why I keep saying it's unreal. It's just, it's, it's so infuriating. And I'm not even a black person. And if I was, I would probably, I would, honestly, I don't know. Maybe that's the one gift I got from the universe, in a sense. I, I'm a lesbian. I'm a... You know, at least uh, I would be insane. I'd probably be, who the hell knows, hunted down and... <laughs> I don't know how I would handle it. I would be fucking, I would be like, uh, 
radical. I'd be insane living in this racist-ass country. Constant. It's all, it's insanity. You know, that's white privilege right there. I got pulled over by the cops. I've been pulled over by the cops. I've, I've gotten tickets for speeding. I've been, I've had the red light, you know, the lights behind me. And, but I never felt like I was going to die. That's white privilege right there. I see the injustice of it. And it's part of this injustice. This is how we, why we're in the boat we're in. Why this government is, has been able to be taken over by right-wingers. Because they exploit that the our inability to look at ourselves and to come together uh, over race it really is that's one of the things in fact hitler i don't always quote hitler but when i do um one of the things that he said that um not that i i mean I'm, it's true though it is actually true he said that American democracy would never work because of racism, because we're too racists. So I guess we're proving Hitler right. How, how, uh, doesn't that make you proud? The idiots. That's what happens, though. They allow the, uh, the fissures of disunity to be exploited. And maybe... It's good. And that's why when I... I kind of felt bad for the lady at first because she lost her job. She lost her dog. But she still has her life. And it's good that we all learn this lesson. Every... As uh, It's a new day. Right now, many... I mean, there's, I'm looking at the chat right now. Somebody is saying that Amy Klobuchar is on CNN. I hope it's not to announce that she's vice president or Joe Biden's running mate. But here's, speaking of racism, okay, I don't, uh, as I was I said to myself, oh, I felt bad. The lady lost her whole life over being a stupid bitch. But she didn't lose her life. She's still alive. She has a shot still. Unlike George Floyd, another African-American in this country who's been murdered by the cops. Is that his name, actually? Floyd? Yeah, George Floyd. Unbelievable. Well, not unbelievable. This is a a very upsetting video. If those who don't want to watch, I understand. I'm going to play it right now, but I think it's important to see. So... People are recording this, and there's people saying, "Yeah, you got you're a real tough guy there." You see the cops; they don't give a shit. 
They're stepping on this guy's neck. They have a knee on his neck. And he's saying, I can't breathe. What kind of shit is that? And they don't, he doesn't move. They don't seem to care. They have no concern over the life of someone they have in their hands. And what's the point of a police officer? They're not supposed to be an execution squad. That's the problem. They're supposed to bring the guy, if he is guilty or he's been charged with something, bring him to the court. The court makes an assessment on his guilt or innocence, not the police. They're not the goddamn hit squad. And they should, that's why they need to treat people with decency, dignity, and respect. These are our fellow citizens. And every fascist society, that's why the Republicans, they love the cops. They want to give the cops more authority to abuse and brutalize us, especially other uh, non-white communities. That keeps the racism going. It keeps the division, keeps us nice and divided and fighting amongst each other. Lest any, any white people wake up and say, this is fucked up. They like that it's uh, racially divided, white people against black people. They like that the coronavirus, well, right-wingers like that coronavirus is hitting African-American communities harder than it's hitting in the white communities. So these, these racist assholes, they think they're immune the only reason it's hating African-Americans b- more because of the, the racism in general. The kinds of jobs that people have that they, can't, they have to go to work when they're sick. They don't have the luxury not... Uh, they don't have the luxury of socially distancing. They don't have the luxury of going to a doctor. Shit like that. You don't need to study. I can tell you right here. But it's the dum-dums, the white dum-dums, who refuse to see the forest through the trees, who don't want to face the facts of this racist-ass country, that if we don't address the problems of race in this country, and it's not... What's the problem? The problem is we... There, of course, are racist people on, uh, you know, there are people that have bigoted opinions. And this is partly why I I always advocate. The, The way we address racism in this country is we continue to evolve and we develop a country that works for all, meaning everybody in, nobody out. This is how you do it. You don't have subsidy. The, the subsidies can be, they could be cut. They could be disparaged. They can be, um, you know, they could be um, used to attack. They could be uh, manipulated, you know, into welfare queen kind of bullshit. That's why everybody in, nobody out. It's part of how we overcome racism in this country. 
in my opinion. You have a system that works for all, whether you're black, black, white, whatever the hell. Everybody in, nobody out. That's the only American way. You fund education through the taxes, through the general fund, not through property taxes. You demilitarize police, and you have the police living in the communities that they serve. That's how you do it. And it is. I'm looking at the chat. It's dehumanization, Damas Katz is saying. It's true. How do you sit on somebody's neck while they're saying, I can't breathe, and you don't move? You say, you, if you're fucking sitting on somebody's neck and they're saying, I can't breathe, you say, I'm sorry, excuse me. I didn't mean it. You don't keep your knee there for eight minutes. And then the guy stops moving. They murdered this person in front of a crowd while the people were saying, the guy's not moving, you fucking goon. I can't breathe. Right. He is human, bro. His nose is bleeding. Put him in a car. He's saying, I don't know if you can hear the crowd. They're they're saying he's human. You could put him in the car. We tried that for ten minutes. Oh well, let's fucking murder him then. Kill him then. We tried that for 10 minutes? So sit on his neck till he dies. You weak ass dumb fuckers. So when I, I felt that twinge of ah uh, for Karen, for the latest Karen in Central Park, I immediately like, no, I feel outrage. It's all connected. You don't dehumanize. This, this country is suffering from racism. It's rotting from the inside out, all over, from sea to shining sea. Good, these, these cops, these officers. I can't wait till Twitler gets involved. Then he, I'm sure he's going to say, oh, it's so unfair, so unfair. They lost their jobs. I'm looking into it because he's got to have white cops murdering black people in the streets. It's part of how they, they control. They have to have the cops. The cops, they need the cops to be able to do whatever the fuck they want to do outside the law or not. It doesn't matter. They want to give the cops free reign to bust skulls because when the people get too uppity, they need to put people in, in line, like any fascist government. That's why in a functioning democratic society, this doesn't, this is not rampant. There would be consequences. You tell me what would happen if this was going on with white people, if white people were being murdered by cops who were sitting on their necks. 
like Eric Garner. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. How about this fucking guy? I wonder what he would... I'm sure he likes breathing. The... The complete... Dehumanization. I'm looking at this picture of this guy sitting on this guy's neck. How do you do that to another human being? How do you sit on someone's neck and fucking just sit there looking at people like this is your job? Again, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Then you fucking move. Oh, we tried putting him in the car. Now he's got to die? Please, 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 he says. I can't breathe. My stomach hurts. My neck hurts. Please, please, I can't breathe. The human being pleading for his life and this fucking goon is standing on his neck with his... uh, kneeing him in the neck. The officer doesn't move. He's not moved in any sense, literally, figuratively, spiritually. I'm sure he's a good Christian, though. He's just doing his job. People are standing there. They're saying, he's human. He's not moving. What the fuck is wrong with you? Unbelievable. That's a bum ass shit, bro. Y'all know that. You can't sit there with your knee on your neck, bro. And the guy, the, the bystander's going, you don't have to sit there with his, your knee on his neck? No, he doesn't. He's subdued. He's laying on the ground. Why do you have a knee on your neck? This is... This is fascism right here. This is how it happens. This is how it goes. Cops treating the community like nothing, like less than animals. Unreal. According to this article, one of the bystanders says, the man looked already dead before the ambulance even got here. He was clearly trying to tell them he couldn't breathe, and they ignored him. Said Darnella Frazier, one of the people who recorded the incident. We all watch this horrific death of George Floyd on video as witnesses begged the police officer to take him into the car and get off his neck. The abusive, excessive, and inhumane use of force cost the life of a man who is being detained for police questioning about a nonviolent charge. Well, you had to die. Imagine if this was white people all over the country. If white people were getting pulled over and getting all of a sudden uh, made, be, being turned into corpses. What do you think would happen? What do you think Trump would do and Republicans? 
They wouldn't stand for it. That's how you know it's racist. And you know how, that's how you know why it has to, we got to do something about it. If we don't fix this country, we are living in a diverse society of 320 million diverse people, black, white. We have a racist ass history of genocide, slavery, and it's still going on today. We go, f- we, we move forward together. This is why the country is so divided. On the, this is why we are the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap, because we refuse to look ourselves in the eyes and move forward together. Bro, he ain't crying, bro. Mm. Fucking hard, bro. Whoa. Please, you're amazed because you're scared, bro. Scared of fucking minorities, you're fucking hard, bro. Look at them standing there. Not even moving. While people are like, get off him. He's not moving. Get off of his neck. Three minutes, bro. He's not fucking moving. Bro, he's not even fucking moving. Get off of his neck, bro. Get off of his neck. Are you Bro, you just gonna let him keep his hand on his neck, bro? You're a bitch, bro. Tao, you gonna keep you gonna let him keep that like that? You gonna let him kill that man in front of you, bro? Huh? Huh? Bro, he's not even fucking moving right now, bro. He's not even fucking moving. Bro. Wow. That's it's unbelievably tragic and horrific. And this is why. We have to, I don't know. I, I have my opinion on it. Yeah, they took the guy's pulse. Well, why is he still sitting with his friggin' knee on the guy's neck? Unreal. The inhumanity. The depravity. That it takes to do something like that to your fellow citizen. Obviously... They don't look at the people that they're supposed to be serving and protecting as uh, members of their of their own community. They're looking at they're being they're looking at them as some kind of uh, opposition somehow. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how things can get better. I don't know. Maybe I'm dreaming. But I think that they keep us divided deliberately. They want, of course, the Republicans want us to continue. They want to keep cops and this adversarial relationship with their community. That's why you have, I mean, there are ways. They've done studies. You know, you have community policing. You have the police living in the communities that they serve. They're 
So they're part of the community. You don't militarize the police. And as in a larger sense, society, there has to be an overarching, we're in this together. An overarching e pluribus unum. Out of many, one. And you only do that. Not by subsidies, not by saying, oh, there's a problem in this community, here's a subsidy. You lift every community up. We're all in this together. Paying for education out of the general fund. It seems, it's so goddamn obvious. Paying, uh, funding schools through property taxes is a racist ass way to fund schools that was deliberately funded that way because conservatives so-called conservatives wanted to keep the black people in their place what's the first thing that uh in in slavery when they enslave people they take away their education they take away they make it illegal for them to read and write and share and educate themselves. That's why education is important. And it continued into our racist-ass recent history with laws that enabled the division. We have had a real, um, you know, systematic racism in this country, including in the New Deal, including the GI Bill. My father, I told you, he was able to use his GI Bill. They bought a house for my grandmother, whose house had bought, had burned down. Him and my uncles used their GI Bill money. One of my uncles went to college. They did things like that. African-American service members did not get that part of the GI Bill. That's a fucking racist-ass law. So those who wore the uniform of this country, whose pigment happened to be darker, they couldn't partake in the part of the GI Bill that allowed them to go to school and allowed them to buy homes on the GI Bill. That's, that's a deliberate policy that meant to keep African-Americans in their place. They could only get homes in um, public housing. Isn't that fucked up? So what do you do? Now is... Uh, th- that's, that's the real... That's real American history. There are many different American experiences. And I bet you most white people don't even know that. They don't know that racist-ass history of the New Deal. In order to get buy-in from the racists in the South, the New Deal had to cut out African-Americans out of many of the benefits of the New Deal. So, like, for example, when AOC said the New Deal had, eh, rightfully so, she said that the New Deal had racist elements. And um, what I, I remember, I was watching Morning Joe, and, of course, Joe Scarborough, you know, American expe- exceptional... I believe in American exceptionalism, Joe Scarborough, 
started going off on AOC saying she that she said that the New Deal was racist and therefore she was saying that FDR was racist. Of course, FDR, he they made compromises. That's what they. That's what had to happen in order to pass the New Deal. They left people behind deliberately. But it was all, it's the truth. And why shouldn't it be told? And the fact that they don't want to tell it, these right-wingers, these fake-ass America lovers who, who don't know what it means to love America. If you love America, you love everything. You take it, uh, it's not, I mean, uh, look, I'm not saying you don't change it. You, you look it in the fucking eye and know what you're dealing with. You've, you take the good and the bad, you, you fix what's bad, but you squarely and honestly take a look at it. And what's working, you do more of, and what's not working, you deal with it, and you get rid of it. But to not understand that... Uh, that's, that is a whole other kind of conspiracy of ignorance. I bet you, like that lady that we watched in the video, who's like, oh, fake news, fake news. Oh, Hillary had, uh, you know, she's a criminal. This is what she's saying. She, you know, I bet you she, she's old enough to know better. I'm sure she's a beneficiary of the New Deal. I'm trying to make the goddamn camera focus. But you know, she probably doesn't understand that. She doesn't know that the New Deal deliberately cut African Americans out of many of the benefits of the New Deal that made the white people in this country uh, that added to the wealth, the intergenerational wealth of white Americans and kept blacks black people in their place down kept them down deliberately so the right wingers went nuts oh look i'm looking at the world wall street journal american history as told by aoc uh, th this is going to piss you off um i just stumbled across this now cuz i i googled aoc racist new deal American, this is from the uh, Wall Street Journal, from, by Carl Rove. I don't, I don't have a, I can only read the first paragraph. It's so annoying because I don't have a subscription to this. Let me see if I can find it somewhere else. But this is the conspiracy of the ignorance that the Republican Party puts on the American people it, it infantilizes the American people. If that's a word, I know it's a word. I'm not pronouncing it correctly. By not, by, but it is a conspiracy of ignorance. They don't want the American people to ever have that conversation, the truth and reconciliation conversation that we need, that will allow us to advance together as one people white black everything else in between you know what i mean together e pluribus unum for real austin's so uh, uh he writes a an opinion 
Um, I'm trying to find, maybe I can find it without. Oh, look at this. All of their, the right wingers are flipping out on the Wall Street Journal. Damn it. I hate when they do that, put things behind a paywall. But the first paragraph reads, Austin South by Southwest began as a music, film, and tech conference, but has become a popular shop for left-of-center politicos. This year, Democratic presidential candidates, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, blah, 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 blah. Okay, but South by Southwest's rock star was AOC, who filled the convention center. Ah, goddammit. Talking about the Green New Deal. I'm, I need to find this. Because it's everything I'm saying it is. Meaning, what he's saying is that, oh, she's, uh, he's negating everything she's saying because she's, now she's calling Reagan racist. She's calling, she's nuts. She's calling the New Deal racist. When it fucking was. So here's an article about the article. South proclaims Democratic Socialists spoke to a packed crowd. AOC criticized former Reagan policy, saying it aggravated racial divisions in the country. Okay. Wow. Radical. New York Congresswoman said they pitted white working-class Americans against brown and black working-class Americans just so they can screw over the working all working class Americans. Wow. These are the same people that see conspiracies in a pizzeria. They see pedophile rings in a pizzeria basement. But they don't see the fucking truth right before their very eyes. A top house Democrat says... Okay, let's see. Yeah, well, she's right. Uh, A top House Democrat, Representative Dan Kildee, says it's a characterization to say only people of color were impacted. Representative Kildee says those policies that President Reagan pushed through hurt people who were poor, and we often associate that with people of color, but it's also people living in rural America. Okay, whatever. AOC also blasted FDR's New Deal, which created several programs and policies aimed at helping the U.S. recover from the Great Depression. Quote, the New Deal was extremely economically racist policy and extremely economically racist policy that drew literal red lines around black and brown communities. Oh, my God. The truth. When somebody attacks one of the most... Oh, and then says, uh, conservatives like Sebastian Gorka were outraged. Well, the truth has a way of outraging right-wingers. When somebody attacks one of the most progressive presidents in history, in terms of FDR's New Deal, and says that's the problem, you realize AOC is a hardcore leftist. Unreal. You understand what's going on here? They don't want us to see the truth. They would rather 
they'd rather go on with the fiction, the American exceptional fiction. That means that if you're not, um, you know, uh, living the American dream, it's not the system's fault. It's your fault. You know, it's blacks' fault. They're not, they're, it's, they don't have fathers. Let's pull out some more racist tropes. They're, they like lounging around. Uh, nobody's teaching them the dignity of work. These old racist tropes. It's not the system that funnels money to the top. It's black people themselves. It's their, them. You see, it's not the fact that, that what do you call it? When you create new a new deal for the American people and you literally leave out those based on race, based on the color of their skin. And the what happens instead, the American people don't know this as their real history. So into that ignorance steps a right winger who says, oh, well, she's really that me. She's off the chain here. She's 100% correct. She's speaking truth, fact, history. Unbelievable. Let me see. I'm looking at the chat. There is... Okay, let's see. Executive decision. There are several things I can criticize Joe Biden on, not his age. Trump is as old as Joe, and Cheeto Lino forgets things all the time. It's better than calling him Twitler. Sorry, Tara. I know he uses Twitter, but Trump is no Hitler. He's much dumber. All, no, not really. Uh, Hitler killed millions of people. Trump only 100,000 or so. Well, my opinion is that Hitler didn't start out killing millions of people. So, yeah. And Hitler was dumb, too. And he also had a lot of... They have a lot of the same characteristics, including surrounding themselves with sycophants who, and destroying the mechanisms of government removing legitimate um or even these uh what do you call it god damn it i can't think of things today the people the inspector generals and replacing them with loyalists is a very hitler thing to do and so uh my whole thing yeah twitler i think that as I was saying earlier in the show, that we, uh, I, I believe, when it comes to fascism, that we have to be hypersensitive to fascism. It's not negating what happened in Nazi Germany. It is learning the lessons of history. So we should be hyper alert to it and also hypersensitive to anything that even has any comparison to what came before. It didn't stop. I mean, it didn't start with 60 million dead. So it started in a beer hall 
with a bunch of racist assholes and sycophants who just, who took over government from the inside. And what do you think is going on here? Especially when you have a Mitch McConnell who's snuffing the courts with unqualified loyalists. And Twitler is removing any backstop to government, to, to anybody who's going to challenge his power and putting in loyalists, sycophants and loyalists who lie. Use, he uses the same tactics. Lugan Press. Same thing. Devalue truth. We can uh, go case by case. He hasn't been as successful yet, it's, but he's only getting started. This didn't happen overnight. Twitler is uh, the symptom. The, Re- the Republican Party is, has been going fascist for years. They're off the chain. When you come down an escalator beginning a campaign saying Mexicans are, are rapists, vilifying the minority groups du jour... When you call those seeking asylum an infestation in a nation of immigrants, I I feel that we owe it to people who died, the the 60 million dead, the 6 million Jews, the uh, and every other minority group, those who suffered under fascist oppression all over the globe, all the Americans who died saving this or helping to save this world from fascism we owe it to them to be hyper vigilant so yeah I don't he's not a joke they called Hitler a joke he has a lot in common with Hitler he doesn't know what he's doing he's not a great military genius he's a fraud Hitler was a fraud He thought he knew better than the generals, too. And got rid of all legitimate people in his government and replaced them with uh, yes-men. That's one one of the characteristics of fascism that he certainly has adopted. But it does, it's not that he's adopted it purposefully. It is just a characteristic of fascism that they share. I'm Ted. Autocrats. Vilifying the minority group du jour. Disdain for, uh, what do you call it? Artists, intellectuals, scientists. Let's see. Twitler. Trump comparisons to Hitler. Hmm. It's not wrong to compare Trump's America to... Well, there are different perspectives. Not wrong to compare Trump's America to the Holocaust, and here's why. Parallels lie in authoritarianism, racism, ethnic myths, 
and dehumanizing language, not in the final solution. This is by Waitman Wade Bourne in the Washington Post. The Holocaust has endured more than enough abusive and absurd comparisons to um, in American political life. Both ends of the spectrum too often seek to draw on its emotional and historical power. I don't buy that bullshit. Both ends of the spectrum. That whole thing, too. Give me a break. No. Both ends of the spectrum. Give me a fucking break. Well, um... The fascists, the right wing, the Republicans in this country, they want to confuse the situation. They want people to think that liberalism is fascism, and it's not, because they don't know what they're talking about. Liberalism is the antithesis of fascism. That's why you'll have these tr- these Trumpanzies out there saying. Oh, it's like Hitler and Stalin and every other... Uh, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Is it fascist? Is it communist? Fascism, communism, socialism. It's all the same thing to them. They have no idea. Because in every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism. I've said that for years, and it is true. They use the same tactics. If you take it to its ultimate end, that's what you get. You get a fascist takeover. Um, It doesn't always end with death. I mean, it doesn't have to be... It doesn't begin with uh, death camps. What do you think would have happened here? It could have happened here if the United States stayed out of the war. There's a strong business... uh, admiration of Hitler at the time. That's for sure. Let's see. Both ends of the spectrum often seek to draw on its emotional and historical power to advance their completely unrelated agendas. Pat Robertson bizarrely invoked it, saying, just what Nazi Germany did to the Jews. So liberal American is now liberal America is now doing to evangelical Christians. Okay, that's bullshit. It's no different. On the other side, the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals has consistently and shamelessly abused the memory of the Holocaust for its animal rights agenda. Fuck you. A video on its website includes sounds of includes what sounds like a Holocaust survivor testimony and is introduced with the words from the factory farm to your plate, animals go through the same process that the Nazis put Jews and others during the Holocaust. Okay, yeah, they do. I guess I'm a radical. Well, you know that already. I'm, an, I'm a radical animal rights activist. I think that, that I'm not going to get sidetracked here, but I think there's a lot to be said for the way that we treat animals and the way we treat each other. So there you go. We'll leave it at that for now. With such ignorant, irrational, and offensive appropriations out there, I mean, fuck you. Whoever wrote this article is annoying me already. Waitman Wade Bjorn, a combat veteran of Iraq, is a Holocaust and Genocide Studies historian, a senior lecturer at history at Northumbria University in England, 
the author of Marching Into Darkness, The Weimarked and the Holocaust in Belarus. He's a graduate of the U.S. Academy at West Point. With such ignorant, irrational, and offensive appropriations out there, it's not surprising that many are pushing back against current comparisons with the Trump administration. These rebuttals of uh, Holocaust comparisons in reference to the administration have come stridently from various quarters. The columnist Daniela Greenbaum would prohibit us from comparing all wrongs or even ones that Trump carries out to the evils of Nazi Germany. She claims such comparisons are dressing up current events in another significantly crueler disaster. A writer for the conservative American Splendor called comparisons despicable and cheap, whatever, who cares what these fucking people say. Let's get to the point here. Is it, though? Can we truly never compare the Holocaust to events in modern politics? The scholarly community has a duty to engage the question. If we truly adhere to the off-in-tone never again, then we also bear the responsibility of helping others recognize when again is now. Of course, that's how I feel. I think that it should be... We should have a hair trigger when it comes to anything remotely smelling of fascism. The beginnings, not the end. We also have many of the ends here. Not just the 100,000 dead. How about the concentration camps? Where they don't give a shit about people. Where people... Yeah, it's not the systematic slaughter. But it's equally banal. The banality of evil. Where you... How do you separate children from their parents and have no record of it? That's... I guess that's one thing that we can... Uh, and the comparisons, considering that the Nazis took meticulous records. But here in the United States of serfs and lords, we don't even bother to take records. That's another kind of disdain for human rights, where you don't, where you're nothing. You don't even bother to note that this child is the is uh, the child of this human being over here. So, ah, uh, fuck it. So, shunning comparisons misses an opportunity to mobilize important history for the public good. I agree. Paradoxically, noted historian Richard Evans recently made the somewhat astounding comment for a historian in Slate that it's very dangerous to simply think in historical parallels. But parallels are precisely what we should be looking for. Parallels do not intersect, meaning that current events do not have to mirror historical ones precisely or in severity to benefit from historical reflection. Perhaps the most compelling and useful rejection comes from Deborah Lipstadt. Lipstadt is a renowned Holocaust survivor, I mean, uh, scholar, and also precisely knows... Wait, 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 I'm losing track here. And also... Where am I? And knows precisely what is at stake regarding the uses of the Holocaust as she herself fought and won her battle against Holocaust denier David Irving. She argues in The Atlantic, rightly, that the Holocaust comparisons give officials a chance to escape responsibility by shifting the conversation 
to the appropriateness of the comparison and the precision of the parallel. Well, that's an interesting take. Lipstadt further emphasizes that it is important to distinguish between methods and objectives. She is correct on both counts, and we should take her counsel. However, this does not mean that comparisons between the Holocaust and the contemporary situations should be rejected out of hand. Similar arguments were marshaled against comparing the Holocaust to any other genocide, yet there is a growing, rigorous field of comparative genocide studies that does just that. It recognizes that all genocides are unique in their own historical context, but all but that all often have elements in common that are instructive for both understanding the past and interpreting the future. Perhaps we need, what we need is not fewer Holocaust comparisons, but more comparisons with other genocides. First, one cannot emphasize enough that, of course, we are not dealing with a genocidal regime in the United States. On this count, Lipschnett, Evans, and many other opponents of the comparison are unequivocally correct. Many of the elements of Nazi remaking of Germany into a fascist state are missing or unlikely to arise in the United States. Anyone claiming that genocide is on the horizon should be working for PETA, which I say this to this writer. Fuck you. But anyway, obviously he has an agenda not to want to even imagine the suffering of how the suffering of animals would be in any way reflective of us as human beings but that's his shit conversely no genocide begins with mass killing there is no reason that historical comparisons must immediately center on the final solution the murder of jews after all the nazis themselves did not begin with the with this solution in mind or their imagined problem they pursued other options none of which were benign but none of which demanded the physical extermination of Jews. Genocides and dictatorships, for that matter, do not spring into existence. Rather, they begin incrementally, hello, with authoritarianism, racism, ethnic myths. What do we got here? And dehumanizing language, among other things. This is where Holocaust comparisons can and should be made. Lipstadt is absolutely correct that care and accuracy are paramount. It is precisely this care and accuracy that more scholars should bring to the public square. Those responsible for genocide and persecution do not govern in a historical vacuum. They are aware of the ideologies and methods of genocidal systems that preceded them. Yale historian Ben Kierman has documented this genealogy of knowledge. The Colonial Virginia example, a company, for example, looked to the Spanish as a guide for its Native American slave policy. The Nazis were also acutely aware of past genocides and racial policies. The Nuremberg race laws, and we, I don't know if you, not many people know this, were based on an earlier version employed in the colony of German Southwest Africa. Namb Nambia. Nambia. How do you pronounce that? Nam 
Nambia, the site of the first genocide in the 20th century. Hitler himself called upon the memory of past persecutions and genocides to inform his own policy during the Holocaust. He looked to Roman antiquity for, for partial inspiration for planned intentional starvation policies in Eastern Europe. He called the Spanish conquistador Cortez a moderate man, referring to Thomas Jefferson's Indian removal policies. Hitler called the Volga River our Mississippi, where inferior races were to be driven. He further stated that natives of Eastern Europe should be looked upon as redskins. Finally, perhaps most relevant to current debates, Hitler admiring—I can't pronounce this word—admiringly commented that America, using racist guidelines, had established specific criteria for immigration in an attempt to maintain racial purity. In the modern context, first, let's recognize that there are valid comparisons. Lipstadt, for example, say, states that the Nazis aimed not at separation, but extermination. This is true, but only beginning in 1941. Before that, they used emigration as their method of removing the Jews and camps to encourage this immigration. Child detention centers correctly likened to concentration camps have already been termed an attempt to discourage immigration. And certainly harsher American immigration policy is designed to keep out a certain group of people, much as the Nazis sought to remove a group already there. Abraham Miller, a political scientist, argues that Jews were not a potential economic burden on the countries that, that, that would have taken them. Again, this is only partially correct. Jews were fleeing ethnic persecution in Germany, but because the Nazis sought to extract as much wealth as possible before letting them leave, they did represent a potential economic burden, and this was one of the barriers, preventing successful immigration to places of safety. Evans rightly suggests there may be different warning signs. It is unclear why he writes off the brutalization and militarization of politics as singular to the Nazi state. However, he seems to argue that because the levels of violence are not the same, that such a transition is not taking place. Yet, Trump, as a presidential candidate, explicitly made appeals to violence during his campaign, again reiterating that we are not facing gas chambers. It is useful to focus on the early periods of the Nazi movement, of course, and the rise to prominence. Trump's well-documented use of dehumanizing language is another clear similarity to the early stages of Nazi rule. He caters to a particular demographic of unhappy voters, as all the Nazis did. After all, his America First rallying cry was the motto of Nazi-friendly Americans in the 30s. Moreover, his support, at best, toleration of modern Nazi groups in the United States, epitomized by his relativist blame them on both sides comment, 
after the demonstrations in Charlottesville last August indicate that history of the Holocaust and the Nazis must continue to be part of our critique. The Nazis, who descended on Charlottesville, screamed blood and soil, the same racist slogan as their counterparts in Germany. Okay, I like this article, some of it. It's very informative and exactly what I'm saying. So that's why I like it. (laughs) Except when he talked about animals. We need to expand our mind to animals. The suffering of animals is the suffering of humans. Okay, motherfuckers? The same racist slogan as their counterparts in Germany. Certainly, the Nazis and the white supremacists are not statistically anywhere near the bulk of Trump supporters, but his apparent refusal to renounce their admiration of him must be troubling. Well, as I always say, it's not troubling, please. Not every Trump supporter is a Nazi, but every Nazi is a Trump supporter. Okay? Politically, the president has certainly taken actions which are in many ways parallel to those of the early Nazi movement. As Evans rightly notes, his propaganda machine would be immediately familiar to Joseph Goebbels' Nazi office. The recent executive order making administrative law judges political appointees subject to executive power cannot be seen as anything less than an attempt to bring the courts in line with the administration's political ideology. What have I been saying? Hello. The Nazis called this Gleich. Oh, God, help me. Gleich. Oh, God, I can't say that. Gleich Schlag. Schlag. Nobody can say that word. Not even them or coordination as they sought to co-opt government and privatize organizations. Even his management style has similarities to Hitler. Like Trump, Hitler was reluctant to surrender too much authority to one subordinate, and so his cabinet, which he never called, was a den of backbiting and maneuvering underlings seeking the support of Hitler, who was the only one who decided policies. What is that? That's the fucking cabinet right there. When they all go around saying, Oh, De Fiora, thank you, De Fiora, for giving me the opportunity to serve you. There are similarities with Trump, even if he has not achieved this level of dominance. Let's be clear, Trump is not Hitler. Hitler was arguably far more an astute politician with deeply held convictions and that means uh and the means to turn a fledgling democracy into a totalitarian state something that should be much more difficult here well not that he ain't trying nonetheless these historical comparisons are not not hyperbolic and should at least give us pause. For um, example, there's this. John Fitzgerald, a GOP congressional candidate in California, stated live on the radio that, quote, everything we've been told about the Holocaust is a lie. He went on to receive 23% of the primary votes cast, making him the official Republican candidate for the House of Representatives. 
The GOP endorsed him, then retracted that endorsement. This is not an isolated incident. In Illinois, Holocaust denier Arthur Jones won the Republican primary for the state house. The most prominent conservative challenger for Paul Ryan's house seat from Wisconsin was a white nationalist and anti-Semite. When actual Nazis are running for office, never again seems to take on a new urgency. Okay, how come they always run as Republicans? And Trump and After all, the historical Nazis did not seize power illegally. At first, they were elected. If there is a silver lining to careful, nuanced, and appropriate comparison of modern politics to the Holocaust, it may be in the education of our electorate. A recent poll showed Americans to be woefully ignorant of the historical event. Judicious, reasoned, and thoughtful comparisons and analogies to the Nazi period, particularly in its early years, before guest chambers and Auschwitz, could not only encourage the public to take a closer look at current events, but also inform them more about the Holocaust that some politicians are now denying ever happened. We should take Lipstadt's warning seriously, but additionally, rather than withdraw the Holocaust from our analysis, we should employ its lessons carefully but powerfully where appropriate to highlight troubling developments in our own country. Okay, I like that. Except for the part about animals. And I think he has a blind spot there, frankly. The way we treat animals is how we treat ourselves. The way we treat animals is how we treat each other. If we have a respect for all creatures that we share this planet with, we'd all be a lot better off. But what do I know? Yes, that was... Well, wait, wait. His name is Waitman Wade Bjorn, B-E-O-R-N. I'll put it in the Discord chat where we share articles. And there. So there. What else did I want to talk about tonight? How's everybody doing? Where are you? How we doing, everybody? Oh, we got some people watching. And we got some people talking. How many super chats, though? That's the important part. Did I miss? Thank you, Robin. I love it. You're the best. Who else did I miss? I want to say thanks to people who go out of their way. Become a patron at patreon.com slash taradevlin. I want to thank all the new patrons who have decided that effort. We need a liberal media. Thank you, Patricia. Hello. Hello, Robin. Hi, Patricia. Hello, Greg. Executive Decision and Jim and Haiku, of course, and Steve. Hello. 
and Darth. Hi. Who else is on this chat? I saw Shannon there for a minute. And Greg. I saw Greg. Els. Hello. People might have gone. Andrea. Damask. Damask. Cats. I like cats. And what else? All right. There were other... Something else on my mind. I'm trying to find what I wrote so I can please uh, get back in the game here what did I say I was going to talk about in the show I'm looking oh yeah Karen oh the Vichy class war collaborator Chuck Todd oh yeah Trump makes mask wearing a panda in a pandemic a slur I know okay I hate uh, these goddamn Republicans. Really, they're, they're they're only getting started with the murder and the death and the killing and the divisiveness. Um, over the weekend, of course, Memorial Day. They don't give a shit how many Americans die. A hundred thousand Americans and Twitlers out there playing golf, and the idiots are having a boat race. The, the Trump Trumpanzees had a boat race. One of them had a sign saying, if we, now, if we were good, I don't know what she said, something about we would still be English. I wish. If we didn't stand up to authority, we'd still be English. What the fuck do you know, lady? That's what I want to know. She's holding a sign. We would still be English if we didn't... No, bitch. This is a pandemic, you dumb dumb. You're not standing up to authority. You're endangering your fellow Americans. So, in other words, you're a traitor. You're a traitor to your class. You're a traitor to the United States. Oh, my God. Help me. I'm going to show you my computer screen. Look at this idiot. They have a fucking cutout of Twitler with his stupid stubby thumbs giving a thumbs up. How stupid do we have to be in this country? How embarrassing to be an American. They, all over the world, no, everybody knows, anybody with a brain understands that Twitler is a con man. We have the receipts. He's got a long history of being a con man. He's not a successful businessman, you dummies. And you're another doltard. You're a victim. Stupid. It's so embarrassing. It's as embarrassing as being a white person. Sometimes I gotta be a, I got a white person and an American with this fucking idiot squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes? You stupid idiots. He's everything that the founders rebelled against. Entitlement. Somebody who thinks that they deserve power by the mere fact of being born. Who's not worthy we're supposed to be doing something different could you imagine he he couldn't hold a candle 
to any of the founders. Okay, let's put their racism and misogyny on the ta- on the shelf for a minute. But they're not. They weren't morons. They weren't doltards. They were intellectuals. They read a book now and then. They wrote books. They weren't just rich people. In fact, they weren't rich. Many of them died broke because of the revolution. People who signed the Declaration of Independence. They weren't um, the primary purpose in life. wasn't just to figure out a scam to siphon money from suckers like this fucking asshole who's not a political genius he's not in in that way he's not like Hitler you see Hitler was a real ideologue okay he really was he believed in uh, what he was fucking saying in fact his last words were all about the Jews and when he he wrote his last rambling well, he dictated his last rambling statement to the world. It was all about how the international conspiracy of Jews and shit like that. And then he blew his brains out. And let's hope that Twitler ends as ignominiously. But Twitler's ideology is greed. And he's a racist, too. His ideology is narcissism. Malignant narcissism and self-serving greed. And he's not a genius. He just has no goddamn morals and will tickle racist funny bones until the cows come home if it gets him what he wants. He will divide and conquer this, this goddamn country. And if he can be the king of the ashes, he'll burn this fucking bitch to the ground. If he could suck profit from the ashes, the king, yeah, too, that too. He wants money. Look at these idiots. So don't tell me. I mean, come on. This is all about Trump. These people hate this country. Are we catching on yet? I say it every week, but here's the receipts yet again. People who love this country, people who are patriots, they wear a mask because that helps not spread this goddamn virus to people, their fellow Americans. You know, if it's inconveniencing you to put on a mask, well, oh fucking well, you do it anyway. You know, service, sacrifice, fellowship, Liberty, country, community. They think that fucking freedom means not giving a shit about anybody else but themselves. They have a baby's interpretation of freedom. They don't know what it means. This person has Trump on the side of their boat. A cult. I honestly, how do I share the same air with morons like this? The same country. It's shocking how stupid. And how, how, and that they have 
they have taken um in uh you know they have the fucking nerve to take them to to make, I, I don't know what am i trying to say to steal the mantle of patriotism to think that they earned it they're not patriots these are enemies of america right here these they're just like any enemy that kills that doesn't give a shit who kills americans they're they're worse than al-qaeda these people we got a hundred thousand Americans and counting, and these fuckers won't do their part. What's the difference between them and any traitor in a time of war? They're like the Vichy goddamn useful idiots in the class war. We got the Vichy media on MSNBC, and we got the Vichy morons who hate this country. They hate the fellow Americans. And unfortunately, decent people are going to die because of them. I hope only they get it, though. If there was a God, I, I honestly hope that that God, if, and if there's justice in the world, they would get it. Twitler needs it. They all need it. Let the, all this boat get it. Look at this idiot. Oh, here's the sign. If we followed rules, we'd still be British. Liberty is essential. Hashtag MAGA. MAGA? You fucking moron. She's wearing a American flag hat. This idiot on the left has a American flag shirt with a Make America Great Again hat. They got all the accoutrements of patriotism without any of the heart. They don't know what it means. They're traitors to America. There's not, nothing, uh, you know, nothing more, nothing less. Just a bunch of traitors and useful idiots. Don't tread on me flag. They took a very nice, perfectly decent flag and turned it into a joke. Adopting. And then they, t- they turned the Stars and Stripe into a joke, too. They also turned it into a bunch of fashion abortions. But that's another story. What else could they do? They have no artistic talent at all. No fashion sense, no decency, dignity. Why would you fly a flag that said Trump? And they think, see, they like flying a flag that says Trump because they think that it triggers liberals. They like getting a rise out of people. But they don't know that even that says that they hate America. If you operate in the world from the mere stance that you're getting a rise out of your fellow Americans, then you're a fucking you're 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 not a uh, you're not a patriot. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to be a douche? Just a moron, an asshole. 
when you're running around Earth being an asshole. That's your American birthright. It's no longer you get to have a decent middle-class life. Your birthright, you sold that out to a con man and all his enablers for the right to be an incessant asshole. And an ignorant one at that. Somebody who doesn't have the maturity, the manners, the decency, the, the, the patriotism to pitch in in a time of crisis. A hundred thousand dead. And these fuckers couldn't do their part. Not at all. They're too inconvenienced. Now, that's what you call a a hater of America. I'm sorry. Know them by their fruits. A hater. You hate America. You don't love it. That's why they have to surround themselves. And I tell you this all the time. It's the truth. Every time you put on a conservative show or one of their fascist propaganda outlets... You you look at these Trump Trumpanzies, everything's red, white, and blue, flags, uh, fucking red, white, and blue coming out of their assholes, these idiots. Jerking off into flags, humping flags. That's because they don't know what it means. They are confused by what it means to be a patriot. So they have to surround themselves with all the, the outward accoutrements of patriotism. You don't have to tell me or show me what it is. It's show me by your actions. Put on a mask, you stupid doltard. Don't vote for a con man. Don't be a stupid, white, pasty-faced doltard. Don't be a useful idiot of a con man. Don't be a Trump University graduate or a Trump Network vitamin guzzler. Don't be stupid. When there's a pandemic and you could save one person by not breathing your halitosis on them, by putting on a mask, put, by covering your ugly face with a mask, you know... You would do it if you're a patriot. They're not patriots. I keep saying it. We're patriots. Liberals. Progressives. The people capable of, of looking at our true history. Of confronting it. Of overcoming it together. Dealing with it apologizing, having a reconciliation, understanding the parts we all play in making the world a better place. That makes you a strong person. That doesn't make you weak. These are the weakest, little, whiniest children. I don't even want to insult children because they are only children, after all. But these are morons. You would never have them. They could, they're not. What are they doing for this country? Nothing. 
Having a tantrum is not patriotic. You think if this was uh, the 30s in the United States, of course they'd be all for Hitler. They'd be the German-American Bund. For sure. He's not such a bad guy. He's got some good ideas. I wish we could make America great like he's making Germany great. Oh, gosh, how did we get here? Look at this. See, like I said, another one. All flags. Flag emojis up the wazoo. There's your great American president. While more people die, there he is playing golf. Remember how, oh, Obama played so much golf and he was never going to go. Trump, he would never do that. He would never play golf. He'd be in the White House working, working, working. He'd have so much work to do. No one would die. Well, now it sounds like it, he's trying to make it that if if 150,000 die, nah, give or take, he's, it's still a success. It's a catastrophic success. Another Republican catastrophic success. Unbelievable. Well, how much longer are we going to take it? I ask this all the time. It's not just them, it's us. We go along with the scam. And that's why I ask you to be a patron, and I'm grateful that you are. That more people are watching the show, more people are signing up. You understand. I'm not just saying this. We need to get the word out. This show, we need the show every day. It has to go on every day. To cut through all the shit that's out there. Everywhere that a right-winger goes, everywhere that a normal person goes, if they go on YouTube, they need to encounter the truth. That's why we have to expand our liberal footprint everywhere. The right-wingers understand that. That's why you have, they take a diamond and silk to hack talentless dum-dums and they put them right on Fox News. Uh, oh, look, Hannity says, the, f- the greatest, the YouTube sensation, here you go, Diamond and so They immediately elevate all of these obscure right-wing um, platforms. They do it on purpose. It's because it's they don't want to ma- make it obscure because they understand how important it is. But we're not only fighting the right-wingers, we're fighting the so-called liberal media as well. I'm telling you, this is the liberal media. Yes, I'm seeing, uh, I'm looking at the chat, people are like, Claire McCaskill's on MSNBC. She was on MSNBC earlier, too. Who cares, right? Claire? Why is Claire on MSNBC every goddamn day? Is that why uh, the people of America didn't vote for her? They said, go home, Claire. 
We've had enough of you. And MSNBC was like, get Claire up here. She's got the... She, she could tell us. She really knows what's going on. Let me show you something, how, how stupid liberal media is. I was watching MSNBC earlier. And let's see. Here's some Claire McCaskill. Brian said the equivalent of the Vietnam and Korean wars combined. And we don't hear much about that from the president. As you point out, until his tweets today, he basically hadn't done much to talk about that in any real way. Not to tell right. the nation's grief. Not to, to catch everybody up, what we're watching. This is just a random clip from MSNBC. It was on maybe two two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh well, said timestamp says three twenty one, and uh, yeah, it was Claire, Claire McCaskill, this guy, whatever I can't remember his name. Oh, I'm just gonna fast forward. Nicole Wallace, Claire, all f and day, okay, all f and day. Twitler this, Twitler that. What do you think? What do you got? What do you say? What is he doing? Will he do it? Will he say it? Will he go there? Boop, boop. Who fucking cares? Do you think... Uh, I mean, really, how did we get here? We went from the land of the free to uh, Twitler's mood ring? That's all that the goddamn corporate media does. All they do is talk about him. It's a goddamn narcissist's wet dream. What's Twitler saying? What's Twitler doing? He's not meeting the moment. He, will he ever meet the moment? What's his tone today? I remember I was watching on new, well, I don't know why I do it to myself, on Memorial Day. Twitler is coming out um he will be laying a wreath at arlington national cemetery and i wonder what his tone will be as if are you fucking kidding me you he might be somber a little bit more somber today thanks to the gravity of the moment he uh, will he wear a mask, though? What do you think? I don't know. And then, okay, let's get back to Claire. Claire, he didn't wear a mask. Claire, what do you think? Oh, well, I think it's just terrible that he didn't wear a mask. What do you think, Nicole? I think it's uh, it's unreal. When I was in the White House with George Bush, George Bush would have worn a mask. And what do you think, um, guy over here in the corner? I think he hasn't met the moment. Um, I'm not sure if he'll, he's capable of meeting the moment. He's more interested in, um, how he'll win an election. Now, Claire, let's get back to you. What do you think about Twitler's tone and whether he'll meet the moment? Well, it is, it was Memorial Day, and here, over wherever the fuck I live, we're, um, we really value Memorial Day. So, I'm not sure if Twitler, I mean, um, 
what Trump, his tone was meeting that moment. <laughs> Let's go back to the commercials. And next we'll be talking about Joe Biden's tone. Will Joe and Joe Biden, he wore a mask. I, I tell you, he did. And that's presidential. In a presidential president, when you want to, when you got a president, you want him to be presidential. And that means you're wearing a mask. And it's not okay that Twitler made a, made a joke that he was making a mask funny. That just goes to show you that when you really wearing a mask, I mean, he just thinks it's, not, it's a big joke. And I think it's important, just like I do think um, Memorial Day is important. And when I and like you said, Nicole, you were in the White House with George Bush, and he would have wore a mask. There's no doubt. What do you think, guy up in the corner with the black hair and the iPads pods sticking out of your ears? What do you think? I th- I think his tone was, um, it wasn't toned. He needed to tone it down and tone it up, whatever you might see and say, f- depending on your perspective. His tone was uh, totally off the tone. I mean, I would have been a mauve or a fuchsia or a little periwinkle, but he was all toned out like he was having uh, some kind of flashback to some tone that, that I don't know it was not American though he's uh, not meeting the moment like Joe Biden would have met that moment <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore <laughs> uh, it's but that's that's the corporate media all day all day no wonder this country is sick. You understand? There's shit going on in the country. There's news happening. It's not just Twitler's tone. And the fucking VP stakes. That's the other thing they keep doing on the corporate media. It's the VP stakes. It's Kornacki at the big board on the VP stakes. What do you think? Well, we got Amy Klobuchar over here, and we got this woman over there, and we got Elizabeth Warren, and he's kind of boxed himself in. We got a Stacey Abrams over there, and if they do, he does this over here. He's gonna have to make a move over there and move in the Senate here. And it's like, what the? F- it's the VP stakes. What is this? The, it's nothing but the fucking future of the country. But, you know, they got us here. Corporate media is part of the problem. And I like eviscerating them and mocking them and pointing it out. I told you guys, I, I have a degree in communications. I do. I got a master's degree on top of it. I know I, I, I know a little something about it, a little bit, but it's important to have a platform 
for um, reality, truth, news, education. That's why Twitter is able to devalue truth. He couldn't do it if the country had a functioning press in general. If we didn't have six giant mega mega friggin uh, transnational corporations owning the media in this country it's because this didn't happen overnight and it ha- it was helped by the uh, so-called liberals too not that they're not liberals but you know and they gave us this shit bill clinton gave us msnbc and fox news and rush limbaugh all of it that's why we're in trouble let's hear what claire has to say about the tone right here with the suggestion that we can't do both we can't keep the country safe we can't stem further outbreaks by by pulling back if, if there are hot spots uh, that it's this either or choice and john howman reminded me on friday that the simple question of whether or not a candidate cares about people can be determinative of the outcome of a presidential election donald trump failing miserably and way behind in the polls against joe biden yeah, and, you know, Peter's reporting and many other great reporters in this country have revealed the truth of the matter, and that is that Donald Trump thinks he's the victim of this virus, that somehow this has been done to him. And he's never seen his role as someone to protect, to empathize, to be aggressive in terms of safety. Only Donald Trump could make wearing a mask political. And what he has done <laughs> is he has basically convinced people that if you're wearing a mask, you're somehow not manly. Well, real men wear masks. Donald Trump is not a real man. Joe Biden was over the That's the news, ladies and gentlemen. Real men wear masks. Donald Trump is not a real man. Joe Biden is a real man. I mean, come on, man. Granny, grandma, what the fuck were you thinking coming here? I want to report on my desk by by 4 a.m. in the morning when I'm in the deep REM sleep. I need a report on my desk. I need you, granny, report. I want to report, granny, why you got on that goddamn boat and brought... This family over here. Sure, maybe I would not have been born. Who knows? But come on. This is the same corporate media that never stopped eviscerating Bernie. The people. Remember, I, I can't get over it. I'm sorry, I'm traumatized by the attacks, the incessant attacks on somebody who dared. Well, that's the problem. Dared point out our, all the problems that made Twitler possible. And that's another reason why it's important to have a real liberal media. Because 
this into this bullshit steps a Twitler. And if we get a Joe Biden, who that's going to be good enough for the liberal media. You understand? That's good enough for them. They'll be fine. They will, regardless, even if Twitler wins again, despite receiving fewer votes, but they're, they'll be okay. They're not going to, if Joe Biden wins, they, you think they're going to push for universal health care higher universal higher education or education they're gonna are they gonna push for policies like let's fund education out of our general fund instead of property taxes so we could stop this racist ass kiss down goddamn i got mine kind of bullshit going on that's how they're gonna keep you know they'll pretend that they're making progress by somebody, you know, uh, calling the manager about some, or somebody will lose their job. Just because a couple of cops lost their job over murdering somebody, that's not good enough. Yeah, okay, it's good that there are some repercussions or that some lady get, gets, you know, a... Uh, gets what's coming to her from her abhorrent goddamn moment being you know calling in the cops on somebody who dared tell her to leash her dog in a area that says keep your dog on a goddamn leash that's not i mean it's not the change that we can really uh believe in that's not good enough but they will, but the corporate media will tell you, it will tell us, and that's it. That's all you can expect. The only way we're going to move forward is by leaving nobody behind. Black, white, straight, gay, all different religions, whatever the hell or none. It starts and ends with E pluribus unum, out of many one. It starts with and ends with leave no one behind. We're in this together, or we're not. That's how it goes. And that's why we're here, to tell you and everyone else that we're in it together. We only move forward together. So, universal health care, universal higher education, guaranteed living wages, guaranteed paid leave not just subsidies the subsidies are part of the problem they keep the broken system intact we reclaim the mantle of patriotism we take it from those filthy disgusting fascists who are out there screaming about liberty who are decking themselves out in red white and blue like some kind of monstrosity from patriotic from full patriotic hell but yeah it's uh we are the real patriots and come on this is why we're all dumb look at this goddamn 
Assessment. Who cares, Claire? He's a real man. Joe Biden's a real man. Twitler's not a man. Joe Biden's a man. And then they'll report, well, he tweeted to his 80 million followers. How many fucking followers did you do a report? How about you dig into that a little bit more? It's inane. It is the laziest goddamn thing. I, I can't take it sometimes. For God's sakes. Trump can make wearing a mask political. And what he has done is he has basically convinced people that if you're wearing a mask, you're somehow not manly. Well, real men wear masks. Donald Trump is not a real man. Joe Biden was over the weekend. He was? What's he now? You know, that lake is where I typically would be on a Memorial Day weekend with my entire family. Uh, we have a place down there. We go there for holiday weekends, as many Missourians do. The people you saw in those pictures aren't from the lake. They're from St. Louis and Kansas City and Iowa and Kansas and Arkansas. People come from all over the Midwest. And it wasn't just one pool party. It was bar after bar, body to body, no face masks. And that That is what what he's role modeling. And Frank... Yeah, Claire, we saw it too. We got eyes. And but this goes on all day. Okay? All effing day. Let's see how what else goes on. Pick up on the news. They're watching him closely, and in this case they are not seeing an example. Even further, they're seeing him uh, not hew to the example called for by his government. Well, that's exactly right. Okay. So they get in another pundit to continue. They're watching him. He's not wearing a mask. What an example. Bad example. Bad, 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 unfit president. Yeah, motherfuckers. How about you do a lot of stories? Do stories on the upward immobility, the income disparity, not just how uh, a couple of racist cops lost their jobs. That's great. But... We didn't get here overnight, and that's two fuckers, two crackers losing their job ain't going to fix it. How about having a real press? I know it's impossible. It's not going to happen. I'm just pointing it out. That's why liberal media is so important. It's, we don't have a functioning country without it. We're doomed without it. There is no hope without taking back the media. And it starts here. I'm not kidding. Where is this other thing that I was going to play? Twintler's tone. Will he have a good tone? What do you think? when he lays a wreath. Will he wear a mask? He's not wearing a mask. Oh, boy. That's bad. It's bad tone. Bad tone. Bad Twitler. Unbelievable. But this is where we live. 
the inan the inanity is that a word inanity well here's a here's from memorial day Administration, including the Secretary of State, uh, Mike Pompeo, Steve Mnuchin, the Secretary of the Treasury, as well as other high-level dignitaries. We're keeping an eye uh, on that for you. As soon as the President begins that uh, ceremony, we'll certainly uh, dip into it. But I wanted to cross over to Monica Alba again at the White House for us. Uh, Monica, as we just heard there from Dr. Pena, the reality of the President's actions, not just in this particular moment, but the message the White House is trying to convey about where we are as a country on this day with this pandemic is very different than what the health experts sometimes within his own COVID task force are telling us. Certainly, Eamon, and just over the weekend, we heard from FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn, who warned starkly that this virus is not yet contained. That is different than the message we hear from the president, who just tweeted this morning again, a focus on a transition to greatness. He is trying to signal that in the weeks and months ahead, he hopes this returns to normalcy, because, of course, that is what he is hoping to project for his own reelection hopes in November. But today, he will take, I believe, a different tone, a more solemn and serious tone to mark not just Memorial Day but those lives lost and as have we have seen here flags have been lowered at the White House and all over again not just for this important day are you how dare you he will take a a different tone today for his are you fucking kidding me it's ridiculous talk about gaslighting he will take a different tone for not just for how the fuck do you know bitch he's gonna take a different tone not just for all the lives lost and all the wars of corporate aggression but for the hundred thousand people who needlessly died under his watch while he was goddamn fiddling and twittering are you kidding me this is why are you kidding me I can't even talk He will. I swear to God, he's going to take a different tone. He will take, I believe, a different tone, a more solemn and serious tone to mark not just Memorial Day, but those lives lost. And as have, we have seen here, flags have been lowered at the White House and all over again. Not oh, wow. He f- lowered the flags to half mass. The fucking tax cheating draft dodging con man the dictator envying con man he's you'll see he will take a different tone fuck you and your tone you goddamn delusional sons of bitches you gaslighting goddamn greed-centered ghouls who are part of the problem if this is our liberal media, we're in trouble, folks. Unbelievable. This is the mainstream media. You get it? It is their job to ensure you never get a clue. They will play along with the ruse. This could be. 1939 Germany and they would be playing along with the ruse. Trust me. They're in it for the money. Whatever it is, heads they win, tails we lose. They're not in it to incite us to actually have a functioning democracy that works for all. It's a game. 
And we're the pawns. Here's Chuck Todd. News. According to the paper, the owner of a boat dock company says that while Governor Whitmer was urging residents to stay home over Memorial Day weekend and not travel to their favorite places up in the northern part of the state, the governor's husband, Mark Mallory, is pushing in his boat in the water. Shut According up. the owner of the company, Mallory tried to name drop the governor to get it done. In a statement to the Detroit News, Governor Whitmer's office did not confirm or deny the story, saying in part, quote, we are not going to make it a practice of addressing every rumor. Is spread online. For more on some obstacles to other possible names on the VP shortlist, let's head over to our own Steve Kornacki at the big board. And like <gasps> I said, some people boy. have a negative on their list and they didn't do anything wrong and it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with who serves in other offices. Take it away, Steve. Yeah, there you go. You're talking about there with Wimmer Governor, but let's take a look here at some of the U.S. senators who Biden may be considering for this. And there's that specific issue of if you put a senator on the ticket and then you get elected, what, what happens, happens to that Senate seat? So let's go through the at the big board. Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, of course, the senator there. Now, what would happen if Warren were added to the ticket and then the Biden-Warren ticket won? Well, the governor of Massachusetts right now, it's a Republican. Charlie Baker is the Republican governor. And there is a gubernatorial appointment in Massachusetts. The way it works here is a little complicated. The governor, Charlie Baker, would make an interim Senate appointment, somebody who would serve for a few months while a special election sometime in the early months of 2021 is playing out. Very complicated there. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, Charlie Baker is a Republican. He's an anti-Trump Republican. Would that complicate the kind of pick that he might make? But bottom line, if Warren were to be elected vice president, a Republican governor, at least for a few months, would appoint somebody to that seat. Then there'd be a special election in heavily blue Massachusetts. Although Republicans did once win a big special election in Massachusetts, as you know. How about Maggie yes, Hassan, north of Massachusetts, New Hampshire? Maggie Hassan supposedly being considered yes, by did, Republican, Republican governor. governor. He, he would make an appointment who would serve until the next election. That's the 2022 midterm. Wow, Gathering he's really breaking it down. Democratic, Democratic governor here, but keep, keep in mind, she's the, the chair of the SEC. Do you pull somebody like that out of that job and put him on the ticket? Does that wow. things quickly going through Klobuchar, Minnesota, Democrat? You hear Chuck Todd in the background. Mmm. He's really breaking it down for the dum-dums. Well, Steve Kornacki at the big board. And I'm breaking it down. Why don't you break down the fact that the fucking American people are uh, overworked and underpaid and haven't had a vacation? How about we have zero sick leave in this country? Break that shit down. As much as you break this down. And maybe things would change. Break down how one-third can't retire, like Chuck Todd. I know he's going to an RV park and all. They don't break that shit down, though. How about break it down that for the first time since the first Gilded Age, the American middle class is now below 50% of the population. Not since the first Gilded Age, but in generations. They don't break that down. Every day, breaking it down, the veep stakes. Break down the shit that matters. How about they break down, you know, how um, the racist-ass policies of funding education by property taxes. Break that down, Kernaki, at the board. Every day, every day, every day.
These dummies. Oh, we're the dummies, I guess. Would serve till the 2022 midterm. Kamala Harris, same situation there, less risk for Democrats. From that standpoint, Duckworth and Illinois, one more bold win in Wisconsin. They go straight to a special election, Chuck, in Wisconsin. So if you're a political junkie, Kornacki, what you're saying is what we the junkies would want is either Massachusetts or Wisconsin because you get a special election quickly. Every other you, you probably, probably wait until like the next two year something. November election. You get like the 10 year anniversary of Scott Brown. You get to do it all over again. No, no that's, that's what, what I'm sure that. that's what the world would love to have <laughs> once again. It's a long way away, but it is an important factor. Sherrod Brown might have been on Hillary Clinton's ticket had there not been a Republican governor of Ohio in 2016. Anyway, Kornacki, thank you. Up next, the late... How astute! That's a analysis! Oh, my God. Yeah, he, she might have not picked Tim Kaine, and maybe she would have fucking won if she wasn't worried about her own ass. Maybe she could have been worried about the ash is of the millions of Americans left behind. Such shit. Such goddamn bullshit. It's the veep stakes. Unreal. But this is what we got. The veep stakes. Oh, here's something that irritated me. I'm glad I grabbed it. As you know, Chuck, that's hotly debated in Washington if companies should be excused from liability if their employees contract the disease while they're at work. Chuck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a hot debate. Because that's what Republicans are doing. Oh, it's such a debate. You know, how companies should be excused from liability. No, it's not a debate. It's only a debate if you're a fascist mother effer funneling more money into the arms of people who will never spend it in a million lifetimes, but only use it to buy politicians and corrupt government and manipulate the goddamn legislature to ensure that the game stays rigged against the working class. But, you know, let's pretend a hot debate going on. No, the hot debate is how much longer are we going to take it? I'm having a hot debate right here. We're having a debate. How much longer are we going to take it? I'm taking, uh, we're going to take bets here. How much longer are we going to take it? Five more years? One more year? Three more years? Ten more years? My lifetime? How much longer, people? How much longer are we going to allow them to get away with it? And listen to Chuck Todd. He gets even more irritating. The tricky part of the next round of negotiations that we know is coming. David Gura uh, in lower Manhattan for us. David, thank you. And Katie, that does it for us today. I think our producers are going to say you and I were a bit chatty today. I think we lost a segment somewhere in there, but we'll, we'll, we'll take our punishment uh, and, and regroup and see you tomorrow. Thank you for trusting us. Nicole Wallace and Brian Williams. Pick things, pick things up right after this one. break. Thank you for trusting us. We'll be right... Shut up. We were a bit too chatty today. That's what happens when on a full stomach, I guess. You mother effers. Well, 40 million Americans are out of work. I mean, I can go on. Useless. You understand? This is like... What? 
How does it, how dare they? Go on like that. In the face of everything that's happening. I mean, they are, they have failed. The corporate media is part of the problem. And I know you know, you know that. You guys know that. So, anyway, that's why I say become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. One day we'll have a daily show. But it all depends on how many patrons we get. We need about a thousand more of you. And you, we can get there. We'll, we'll get there eventually. But that's what it's going to take. We're going to have to flood the, the internet, the YouTubes, the series of tubes called the YouTubes with liberal, with the liberal, um, the real liberal media. And thank you for your super chats. All that stuff matters. It re- I mean, whatever. That's all I can say. I can't say no mores. All right. Let me see. I wanted to say... I wanted to say thank you to Slow Tree for your super chat. And Mark C. And Jim, of course and other Patricia sometimes the thing doesn't do a all of the super chats should get a tweet but for some reason it doesn't always tweet out but anyway you guys are great we will get together again another day this week I hope that I want to do I want to do a daily show I do I do I do I do Okay. If you want a daily Tower Buster and you want the show to grow and you want, we'll have, I don't know, maybe even a producer one day. The show will get better. It'll get bigger. We'll have better guests. We'll have people. We'll have more people in the chat room. It'll be funner. It will also help. Take this goddamn country back. I'm not kidding. You know that. It's important. That's why I do, um, you know, I do what I do. Do an hour daily show, says Jim. Uh, easy for you to say, Jim. I'll do an hour daily show. I'll do a daily show. When we get more patrons, I need, I told you guys, we need about a thousand patrons to do a daily show. We got a long way to go. It's not impossible. If Kyle Kalinske can do it, why can't we do it? I'm just saying. Or the rational national. How can they do it? They do it through their patrons. YouTube, all those like advertisements on the YouTube. You know how much you get? Nothing. Zero. A million views, you'll get a thousand dollars or something like that. Not even. For a million. I'm saying. I'm not kidding. So it it really comes down to patrons at this point. 
until we can get I don't know maybe we'll get some of our own advertisers but in this but the way it is it has to be people like like PBS public broadcasting it has to be it has to come from you guys the community and hopefully we'll grow I would love the community to be filled with thousands of people what we can do it that's why I'm trying to do more shows you know what I'm saying so because more shows more people more people more shows more shows more people more people more shows as let's see uh oh More people, more shows, more people, more shows, more patrons, more shows, more people, more shows, more people, more chat room. More shows, more patrons, more shows. Yeah. Let's get it together and do more shows. Get more people up in this bitch. More shows going every single day. I hope you can hear that. <laughs> can you hear the music? Gotta do more shows, more people, more shows, more music, more raps, more explosions, more car chases, more shows, more of a terrible stuff, coming at you, more shows, more people getting taken to the woodshed, boom, boom, smack. Get that out, Claire McCaskill. More shows. Uh-uh. More backdrops that actually work. More cats that actually don't stop the show from going out. More people, more shows. More people, more patrons, more shows. What are you gonna do? We're all trying to do the best we can in this goddamn United States of serfs and lords. We are in it together. We don't leave no one behind. More shows. More Tarabusta, more shows. More people, more Paradu, more Robin, more Jim, more Greg. More haiku, more shows. More Andrea, more Greg, more Darth, more Terry Taylor, more Andrea, more Shannon, more Steve Grossman, more shows. More Patricia, more comfy socks. More Els and Terry and Daniel. 
more shows. <laughs> more shows. More Jim. More Robin. More Terry Taylor. More Greg. More Jim. More Patricia. More Resist Evolve. More Greg. More Terry. More Shannon. More Covert White Rabbit. More Resist Evolve. More Paradise. More shows. Less Claire McCaskill. Less. Less goddamn Steve Kornacki. Less goddamn Chuck Todd. Less Vichy. Goddamn class war traders. More shows. <laughs> yeah, more Tara Buster. More Greg. More Greg, more Greg, more Greg, more haiku. More Patricia, more pictures of Kaya on the Discord chat. More shows. More hands going like this. More hands going like this at the right wingers. More shows. So get those Patreon friends coming on. Hey, more Mark. Where's Mark, by the way? I'm taking attendance. <laughs> Where is our little, not little, our young friend Mark? He'll be back, I'm sure. He's out kicking ass somewhere, no doubt. Every day we'll try to be here, taking it to the right-wingers, to the fascists, to the oligarchs, to the plutocracy. We want till we have a democracy. Finally, more show. land where there are no disgusting fascists anywhere to be seen just beautiful people like Patricia Terry and Paradu and Haiku and Terry Taylor and Greg and Darth and, and Els and Jim and Darth and, and Robin and Andrea and Daniel yeah and Kaya, and Tara Jr. Jr., and Francis Jr. Jr. Yeah. We got it going on up in this bitch. And this has been another Tara Buster. A real long-ass Tara Buster tonight brought to you by all the fascists who hate this country. And when they say they hate government, they hate democracy. Remember that? We're in it together. We don't leave anybody behind. This is a government of buying for the people. And this is 
a show brought to you by those very people. That's right, I need auto-tune. But hey, we all do it anyway. We do the best we can without it. Because we are in this together. Don't ever let the mother effing bastards get you down. We will be together again very soon. I'm thinking about maybe, who knows, maybe on Thursday. Or it depends on my mood. (laughs) Until we get that daily show going, that's how it's going to be. But, all right, we're making history. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out every day and listen to my rap. Now it's time to get unconscious, but we will be back. Don't ever forget that I love you. You make me want to get out of bed in the morning. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And keep going and beating those bastards down. They know they got to beat us because we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of democracy. We stick together. We win. And we will win. My name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you on the other side in a few days. Good night.